Everything in the universe is quantifiable, and Chris O'Mealy is here to prove it by ranking whatever he feels like on this episode, along with a panel of esteemed guests. This is Chris Ranks the Universe. Welcome, everyone, to Chris Ranks the Universe. Of course, I am Chris, right here on CKCC Radio, and we're going to do something a little different this time. I'm not going to rank something with a definite number of items in it. Instead, I'm going to honor a couple of requests that I've gotten. As some of you who used to read my blog used to enjoy the top 10s and top 20s and things that I would do. So I've decided to take that format to my podcasting forum. And we're going to go back a little bit and talk about something near and dear to my heart. We're going to talk about my favorite professional wrestlers of all time with a specific focus on male single stars, as I plan to do separate lists for women, managers, announcers, tag teams, factions, and the works. And definitely matches. And I have assembled the largest panel I've ever gotten on one of these shows for this episode. I've brought in four gentlemen who are well-spoken, well-versed in pro wrestling, well-opinionated in pro wrestling, which is going to be part of the fun here, and you can actually hear all of them in various formats, and I'd like to introduce all of these gentlemen to you at this time. First of all, of course, as always, from the Nerd Table, the Stupid Sexy Podcast, the Pokecast, and also one of the streamers on our Twitch channel, CKCC Online. It, of course, is my podcasting partner for the last eight years, Dan Peck. Welcome back to the show, sir. I raised my arm so the fans in the cheap seats know which one I am. <laughs> Fantastic. That's that's working the crowd there, brother. Joining us from the Real Paranormal Talk podcast and ranking tracks here on CKCC Radio, published author Jeff Trelowitz. Welcome back, sir. And aren't I the voice of this podcast, if I remember correctly? You are. In fact, that was Jeff's sultry voice you heard at the beginning of the episode. Woohoo! Go me. Yes, you are. You are, in fact, you are not the voice of the voiceless, but you are the voice, uh, one of the voices of CKCC Radio. Uh, speaking of voices on CKCC Radio, you can listen to this gentleman on the A Show. This is Chris Decker, also the only person in this show, other than me, who spent time in the wrestling business doing stuff. In fact, yeah, we, which means my opinion matters the most. <laughs> oh, we're gonna pull one of those cards. Okay. Oh, <laughs> let me tell you, brothers. <laughs> uh, you'll have to forgive Mister Decker if his sound quality is off. He's broadcasting from South Carolina now. I know. Mm. And I'm, I'm, I'm broadcasting right now from uh, my phone uh, in Raleigh, North Carolina. I'm just trying to uh, trying to order my. Uh, Trying to order my dinner. Yes, we're, um, we're recording this in the evening. So, for those of you who may question that, but yes. Dead. But Chris and I actually opened a promotion together once upon a time. Yes. Although that is once John. Upon a time. It's John's baby now, but we were both I involved. I put it on the uh, in the uh, the group, the uh, the GSW group chat. I, I listed all the shows and the matches, and the first two shows are known as the Chris O'Mealy era. Era. The first. Yes. Thank you. The Chris O'Mealy do, do you, era. Do you real? Do you realize like the the so the last GSW match was the Blackjack Brawl, which it was you, your baby. That was. Do you yeah. know I? I've told that story think, before, but I thought I was being clever when I came up with that name, and then I discovered Herb Abrams existed, and I was really pissed about that. 
Well, now they also do it in AEW too. Yes, the casino battle, which is not the same thing, but it's it's still twenty one people, but they do it differently. But it's equally as clever. I actually did find my old EFED documents the other day on my old hard drive with 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 an old blackjack brawl on it from like two thousand four. That's I know. Fascinating. When we were in college, <laughs> still, we were so Shut young up. and innocent then. And then three years later, you and I became promoters. It's insane. Ugh, I don't even want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> that era. Uh, and then the last person joining us on the panel, you can hear him on our Among Us streams. Although he's got his own stuff, he can plug here. His code name is Danny Jackpot, and I invited him to join us on the show. Because of all the wrestling fans I know who actually are knowledgeable and respectful, this guy is super diverse. Almost like you, Chris. He knows his history, but he knows his independence and his internationals, too. So he might give you a run for your money. Well, let's just say hello. hello. <laughs> yes. So maybe maybe we can do like a Jeopardy game between you two and see who knows the most. Oh, God, no. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> I volunteer as host. <laughs> no. There you go. We cannot start start auditioning for new Jeopardy hosts already. Oh God! Again, and now they need an executive producer as well. They do, yes. Uh, I'm surprised it took them three weeks to come up with that decision. <laughs> uh, Danny, you're not you don't have a podcast on our channel, but I know you do have your own stream. Is that correct? I do. I have a couple things that I can plug. Sure, um, go for it. I've helped out the guys at Dirt Sheet Radio. That's at Dirt Sheet Radio on Twitter, at Dirt Sheet Radio on Facebook. I'm kind of helping run their social media. They do their own podcast, but I'm kind of a contributor to them. Um, I also have my own Facebook page, Pro Wrestling Network. And then I also run the largest pro wrestling English group on Facebook. We love pro wrestling. Really? There you go. Yes. Hmm. I, I like how you had to specify largest English group. What's the actual largest... I believe Facebook. the largest pro wrestling group on Facebook is Indian. I'm not surprised, actually. I was going to guess it was either Indian or Japanese before you yeah. even said anything. Well, this is well. This, like I said, you know you're international. India <laughs> with their one wrestling company. <laughs> but dedicated fans, you got to give them that. Uh, there are no Indian wrestlers on my top 30. I just checked. The Great Kali... Will not be making an appearance on here. He didn't no, 31. Oh, man, I'm surprised. Yeah, he's number 31. Sorry. He, he got, I got to cut the list off somewhere, guys. Are any of the are any of the Tiger whatever sings? God, no. Me? Have you actually watched actually, Tiger Jeet Singh wrestle? He looked impressive, but then when the match started. Well, he was one of those fork guys, right? Yeah, he was a fork guy. And but, there are a lot of people you can say that about. They Ab looked impressive, and then the bell rang. And... Abby did the fork better, I'm just saying. Yeah, we have... A lot of Indian wrestlers you can say that about. <laughs> yes, that's also true. So we have quite a, we quite a list here to talk about, guys. Um, so what I'm going to do, and since this is a top 30, this is going to be the most positive Chris Ranks the Universe I've ever done. This is a 30. <laughs> Because every other Chris Ranks the Universe has been a definitive number of something. So something by default was shitty. Um, whether I'm ranking... Even if it wasn't actually shitty. Yes. Like, Mandalorian Season 2 had one bad episode, but we had to talk about it. Oh, let's not open up that can of worms. Come on now. It had one bad episode. And it wasn't even that bad. It was just bad compared to the other 
seven. Yeah, just not as nice. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the Sim- Simpsons season four. <laughs> there you go. There's no bad episode, but one of them by default has to be the worst. So this is going to be a very positive top 30. You might be surprised at who shows up. You may also be surprised as to where they rank. But that's what I'm going to get your thoughts on as we go through the list. I have four honorable mentions that I I have to throw out there, though, because when I came up with the list, there were 34 names I was curating through. And I decided to cut these four mostly because, well, I'll explain each one. The first two, of course, are Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant. The whole reason I'm a wrestling fan is because I watched Hulk Hogan body slam Andre the Giant. That's my earliest wrestling memory. That's an accurate uh, <laughs> picture. Like that, that's that's not just like, well, it's, it's uh, the, the, the answer we should give. <laughs> you know, like that's that's really like one of your first memories. That really is my first memory. My my buddy had a birthday party. He invited us all over and he goes, guys, you need to watch this. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen. And that was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. At that point, I was like four or five. So I, was gonna say, this I wasn't that hard to impress. <laughs> I wasn't that hard to impress at the time. But yes, uh, so and they don't make my list overall because as I've gotten older, I've gotten to appreciate more worker styles. In fact, there's a worker who's a fantastic worker, but he's low on the list. And I'll explain why that is when we get to him. Um, but as I've gotten older, I've gotten to kind of unappreciate Hulk Hogan at the same time. I started learning more about him personally, and that does kind of affect your opinion of the guy. And Andre, the bottom line is, I never saw Andre's peak. Andre's peak happened in territories before I was watching. So as much as I love Andre, I love Andre more for what he contributed to the world of pop culture as opposed to pro wrestling. But I still have Would to give him a shout out. Much? Hell yeah! Hey. It's a little Andre impression, but it had to be said. Well, I, I hope to hear several impressions as we do this show. And if any of you have a good impression of any of the wrestlers we're going to talk about, please bust them out. There's or a, a purposefully bad one. Yes. Uh, no, there's no Scott Steiner on the list. I'm not doing my awful Scott Steiner impression. Uh, the next honorable mention, I chose to make Ric Flair an honorable mention instead of putting him on the list just because I don't have that much knowledge of his early career. Uh, a lot of the flair that I've seen has been stuff that the network has given me to see. So as much as I love him and respect him, I can't rank him for that reason. And also, if I'm being honest with myself, as good as he was, I always felt like he had a very similar match each time. He was very big on his spots. Feel free to argue with that. With I, I mean, that. All right, who wants to go first? I think that I actually brought this up in a club kayfabe post that you had made in the past where i respect his work he's arguably one of the best heels but if you've seen one rick flair match you've seen them all yes i do i do believe you said that before yeah but you could say that for anybody though that's like such a like i for a flair i think it's such a cop-out because everybody you know it, it's it's uh what's what's the um what's the phrase it is uh fun to underrate him you know what i mean Bret Hart that's also fair pattern. You know, Bret Hart of the same kind of match. Um, God, the Undertaker. Oh, you're going to hate my list. <laughs> fucking match. <laughs> yeah, you're um, really going to hate my list at this point. But Well, no, but I'm just saying, like, that's, like, where I'm like, ah. Yeah, but the difference between those guys is I also grew up with those guys. I didn't grow up with Ric Flair. So okay. that, that, that was a big. And then the only other wrestler I really want to give a shout out to, this is a guy whose career I never really saw. But this is where the family influence came in. And I just want to shout out 
the Italian legend, Bruno San Martino, and to my great-grandmother, who used to scream, hit him, hit him, you summon a beach, to her television. As we went, <laughs> every as single as night said, without fair. As soon as you said somebody that I've never actually watched, I went, it's Bruno. <laughs> I have to give Bruno a shout-out, though. My all-time favorite moment as a fan... In all of professional wrestling, everything I've been to live was seeing Bruno San Martino's Hall of Fame speech. That is that still my favorite thing. Although we all we did enjoy uh, the Bob Backlund going insane that same night. Oh yeah, that was yeah, but that was not acting. No, no, it was not. But Bruno's story was fantastic, and there was a lot of stuff that he said that I didn't actually know. That like I know I know Chris knew more about Bruno's history than I did, but I was really like, I was captivated by his speech. It wasn't like, like, okay, like Booker and Trish and Mick Foley were great because I loved them. I love them as wrestlers and as people, but Bruno was captivating for them. It was it for them. It was fun for Bruno. It was like fascinating, but I look at it this way. Like, like you said, because you've never actually studied Bruno's matches you're just witnessing him as this talker going through his history. A guy like Booker T or Mick Foley or Trish, it's hard to separate the wrestler from the personality. It's true. Yeah. <clears throat> Plus, seriously, 11 years as champion? Come on. Yeah. We'll never be done again. Not even close. I don't think it actually can be done again with the way I the way our audience has pretty much evolved to be uh to, 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 you know, we, we have we have much shorter attention spans now than we ever did because of the internet. That's not that's not even like a controversial thing to say. I think everybody pretty much accepts that. But yeah, I think. What, that... were, what were we just talking about? Exactly. All right, you guys ready to dive into the list? Let's have Let's some. All right, so I'm gonna name a wrestler. I'll get some knee jerk reactions. I'll explain my piece. And then we'll go around the table. You guys can talk about this person. And we're going to start off with a really controversial person because the fact that they're number 30 instead of, like, number two is going to throw a lot of people off. But I'll explain why that is. But I had to put him on the list because even though I spent a majority of my life disliking him, I can't turn away how good he actually was. And that is Shawn Michaels. First person we're going to talk about. So I can, I can, while I would put him higher myself, I totally understand it. It was it it was it took me a very long time to accept Shawn Michaels to be a fan because I was a Bret Hart guy, and when I started learning about Shawn behind the scenes, that a lot of a lot of my true knowledge about people's history and behind the scenes coincided with me getting into the business. So when I would work with people on shows who were just awful to work with. Decker knows some of the people I'm dick. talking about. He's talking <laughs> dick. about dick. <laughs> <laughs> it, would, it would sour my opinion of them. But if I'm being honest with myself, I have to include Shawn Michaels on the list because he's, he's a great performer. He's had so many matches that I considered to be favorites, whether it was Undertaker or Jericho or Brett or Austin. I mean, he had some of the greatest matches of all time for that generation. Razor Ramon. Exactly. So I had to include him, but I didn't want to put him any higher than the other people on the list who I do genuinely enjoy. So let's get some opinions about Shawn Michaels around the table. Uh, let's start with Dan. 
I mean, I think about moments with Sean, like, uh, of course, barbershop window, and then later the Geratron 3000. Yes. The ridiculously expensive Geratron 3000? The one that if you paid any attention, you would have realized the second that segment started was completely fake. Yes. <laughs> that was definitely a cardboard television, but... <laughs> Yeah, so you you remember more of Sean moments than matches. Yeah. All right, Danny. You, what gotta, if... you gotta do matches. You gotta, gotta go like <clears throat> winning retired flair. Well, yeah, and I love that match. Uh, Decker and I watched that together. Yeah, somebody was there that day. Yes, he was. So we all cried a little. Uh, Danny, what are your thoughts on Shawn Michaels? Um, I would definitely rank him higher. I understand where you're coming from of his bad attitude. I think if you look at the entire history of the WWE, it's hard not to say he's the best WWE wrestler of all time. I don't, I don't feel that way. That's, that's, I mean, hot take. Okay. Uh, Of all, of all time. That's a little strong. All right, Chris. So who is the best WWE wrestler of all time? And what do you think of Sean? Well, I don't fucking know. Like, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that's, that's a hot take. Okay, like, all right. Just saying, but just saying it that uh, that Sean is the best of all time. Now, that's look. that's like my objective. Looking at it objectively, Sean is not my favorite. I would just no. say if you look at the history of the WWE objectively, he had the best matches for the longest period. I, mean, that's I can argue. I can argue and say Taker. Um, there's a lot of like, lean years I, for Taker. Yeah, no, there is, but there's a lot of years for there's a lot of years for Sean. Sean Sean was a rocker for a long time, guys. Let's not let's not. Uh, but that's that's why I how I think of him. First off, like one of my first memories of wrestling was a tag team battle royal before Mania Seven, and uh, it was like almost like the very first tease of Marty and Sean breaking up. And um, I dug the rockers, and I think when I go back, I think more. I definitely think of more. Um, uh, Sean matches than Sean moments to be to be perfectly honest. Um, I mean, uh, especially like in, even at that ninety six that ninety six ninety five era where the, they kind of put in him, you know, as the top guy. Like he had that match with fucking mankind that was absolutely unreal. Um, and uh, is everybody still there? Yeah, we're listening. Okay, oh, I, I, I just want to make sure hold him court or, or something. Um, <laughs> You're not going to filibuster um, my show, but you can talk. Yeah, yeah, right. No, uh, I mean that uh, his match with Hunter uh, when, when he came back, um, everything that he did with Jericho was great. Uh, the 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 angle where he punched his own wife was fucking crazy. Um, okay. But to say he's the best, I think that's jumping the gun a bit. Okay. Uh, Jeff, let's get your thoughts. I would put him in my top 10, but he's in the lower half of that. Again, a lot of it does have to do with his early attitude. Um, Yeah, he was a great performer, but sometimes I wonder if it was worth how his attitude just was out of control. Yeah. Okay, so I knew that wasn't going to be the most popular opinion to have Shawn Michaels low on the list, but I also considered not including him at all. He was a late entry, obviously. So, but, okay. Well, good opinions on Shawn Michaels all around. Let's talk about number 29. 
this is a guy who I always thought was when when you go back and you watch wrestling history and you look for some of the best talkers of all time. A lot of the guys would come onto the microphone, oh, let me tell you something, brother, or they would be screaming, you know, how often every, almost every promo between a big guy was screaming. Then along came Jake the Snake Roberts, and this guy was so cold and so calculating. Like, if I was watching some of his early stuff as a little kid, I would have been terrified of him. And I don't have a phobia of snakes, but he ain't throwing a snake on me. I'm telling you that right now. I do have a phobia of snakes. Okay. So I had some issues with him. Okay. Well, Jeff, let's start with you then. <laughs> um, like you said, one of the best talkers, because like you said, he, you know, instead of yelling, he literally took every word and it, because he was so different. He freaked me out as a kid. He stood um, out. Yeah. There was nobody that did a promo like him, and probably not even now. I mean, the closest would be Orton. So, a uh, lot of respect for him. I look at the demons he faced outside of the ring, and yeah. it's honestly amazing that he's still alive. Yeah, I know. He's another one that I worry about frequently. Um Kind of like, uh, oh, another good honorable mention I didn't get to, Terry Funk. Uh, that's a, I have a lot of respect for him. Again, that's another one he can't make the list because I didn't see a lot of his early stuff. But I think about him quite a bit these days because we're all kind of worried about him. Uh, yeah, now Jake is still around. And he's, he's a good, he's a really good success story. And that dark side of the ring about Grizzly Smith was like heart-wrenching to watch. That oh, one, that, was that, awful. that one hurt. Chris. Give me some Jake Roberts thoughts. Uh, if I feel it would be very hypocritical of us to judge Shawn Michaels by him being a twat and not um, and not judging uh, Jake Roberts by him being an irresponsible yeah. fuck. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, like, I, I could agree with that. Yeah, so don't get me wrong. Love Jake the Snake. I, I have nothing wrong with him. Um you know, would I go out of my way and put him in my top 30? I probably wouldn't because he squandered his best years that he could have been doing stuff because he, he couldn't figure shit out. And and that's really a shame. And I think that's why his story is really good. Like, his, his the story of his whole life is really good. Um, but uh, now this this is also a, you know, Crystal Millie ranking his favorites. So, I mean, like, I guess it's hard to use it as, like, a – you know, a goat conversation or anything like that, you know, would you, would you I put still him in like, a category? Yeah, I still like 28 more wrestlers more than Jake the Snake Roberts, so. Oh, oh right, right, exactly, exactly. But um, uh, uh, would he be on my 30? I would say no. Fair enough. Uh, Danny? Um, you, you know, like you said with Bruno, that you didn't really get to see him work, and you respect him and you appreciate him. That's probably how I would feel about Jake. Like, Besides, what is it, WrestleMania 7? How many Jake Roberts matches do people talk about? That's true, yeah. They're... But... If they're going to talk about stuff, they're going to talk about uh, Macho Man and the, and the Cobra. And, yeah. You know, yeah, like, I mean, that's, you know... You, I mean, and... you've got a point, but at the same time, other than, you know, 
dumb gimmick stipulations, do we ever look at Jake Roberts and go, man, that guy was a stinker of a worker? No. No. Unless the stipulation was working against him, and I've always said to his credit, I think he always made the most of what he was given. So, like, I mean, it's the same thing with Sean. I, I, there, there are personal things that I have an issue with, but I still respect him for coming out of that. Right. All right, and then, uh, Dan, let's get your thoughts. I think it's been at the forefront of my mind is, is since it got, the story got fully told in the Ultimate Warrior Dark Side was that Jake was going to beat Warrior for the title, and then Vince fired him. Yeah, I know. And he's like, you got the worst fucking luck, bud. <laughs> There's a couple of people on here who I feel like squandered some opportunities, and uh, we'll we'll get to them as we come to it. But okay, so good thoughts on Jake. Let's talk about number 28. Uh, this is a guy, this is one of those examples of a guy when I discovered him, and I actually actively went back and started watching more of him, and that's Mr. Perfect Kurt Hennig. Because... Holy crap, can you... What a smooth worker he was. Every match, he was on point, and I've heard from everybody, he never hurt anybody. He never took liberties with anybody. He never went into business for himself. And I got a lot of respect for Mr. Perfect, and that's a guy who I almost had an opportunity to meet, and sadly, he passed away before I could, so... And he's actually been gone almost 20 years now, I just realized. Oh, God. We're up. Yeah, we're getting up there with uh, with where Mr. Perfect passed. So. Yeah, him and Rick Rude, right? They weren't they were to high school together, and they even died close to each other. Too. Yeah, real- Rick Rude, another great worker. I won't talk about him on this list, but another guy. So, yeah, I, I would go back and watch a lot of Kurt Hennig stuff because of how good he was. So. Um, yeah, so it's been I, 18 years. Yeah. Jeez. So I can't put him higher because, like, like we mentioned before, I, I wasn't really growing up with Mister Perfect, but I can't, I can't not include him because everything I saw he did was was great. Let's get some Mister Perfect thoughts. Danny, would you like to start? Um, you know, I'm not super versed in Mister Perfect. What I would say is though that he's one of those guys that I feel like if he would have came up 15, 20 years later and he was in Ring of Honor, he would be like the guy. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. Good. Yes. Arguments here. I feel like if he was kind of in the land of the giants and he was a work rate wrestler. Him against James Gibson. Oh, man. That would have been amazing. 100% agree. Dan, how about you? Uh, He was one of the um, Lloyds of London guys who got his body uh, heavily insured and then he got hurt. And then he got well, but he was like, do I give up this money to wrestle again? And he's decided yes. <laughs> well, like I said, I, I got respect for him. He's doing his craft. Jeff, where do you stand on Mr. Perfect? Uh, top three for me. Oh, I... I've always been a Mr. Perfect fan. Mostly the WWE and WWF years. The When he joined NWO, it was just weird. But... <laughs> Yeah, to me, he didn't I even mean, get new gear. He just wore the shirt to the ring and then was wearing <laughs> his regular gear. You know, I look at he had some of the best promos during that era. Uh, the the fact that he was best friends with Wade Boggs of all people, yeah. like, he saved Wade Boggs' life. 
they tell the story on the DVD and Wade Boggs just bawling. I'm I like, I, I can't even, Weeping. I can't even handle this. But yeah, no, to me, perfect was just that. He was one of the most perfect wrestlers. So smooth in the ring, like you said, never hurt anybody and should have been a world champion. Does Does Kurt Henning think that England's greatest prime minister is Lord Palmerston? I think he's more of a pit the elder right <laughs> All right, Boggs, you asked for it. <clears throat> All right, Chris, which leaves you to talk about Kurt Hennig. Uh, he'd probably be in my top 15. Um, Kurt Hennig was really, really good. Uh, I, re- I was, uh, God, I remember him with John Tolis. I remember him with, um, uh, with, with, um, fuck, uh, Lanny Poffo. And when uh, I have a different opinion about him in WCW, I thought he was fantastic in WCW doing the, where he was going to, you're, you're taking my spot, the Arn Anderson thing, and yeah, then join yeah. the NWO. And let us not forget the West Te- Texas Rednecks. So oh, fantastic. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I hate uh, that. <laughs> oh, man. Like, there is nothing better being like a 13 year old boy and being like, crap, uh, crap, even though, like, he, he, you know, uh, he is awesome. I, also, um, the the perfect plex absolutely something that I hit on my younger siblings constantly. <laughs> like that was definitely a move where I was like, "How does this get done?" And then you figure it out, and you're like, "Oh yes!" And then you're, he laces the fingers to keep keep it even tighter, and you're just like, "Yeah!" And let's be honest, who here has not done the gum trick, spitting it out and swatting it? Or Every tossing time. the towel behind their shoulder to try I've to catch it behind their back. I've done the towel. Kind I've done the towel. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so good pick. Good pick. Maybe, maybe a little low, uh, but let's see how. A little low on your standards, out. yes. Okay. So for number 27, we're going to talk about one of the three founding members of the NWO. Can you guess which one? These all. Of course. Hall, then. Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I know you hate Kevin Nash. I, I do not. And Hogan was, a, was already a honorable yeah. mention. So. Um, you don't like Kevin Nash? Uh, not enough to put him in a top list. No, ah. I don't. I don't hate. I don't hate Kevin Nash. Uh, Kevin Nash I, is the first be... famous wrestler I ever met. By the way, mine too. Wow. <clears throat> Very nice guy. By the way, really, really cool guy. I have not met Scott Hall. I'd love to meet Scott Hall. Um. So what I like about Scott Hall is I like that his career has two different trajectories that I both really enjoyed. I liked Razor Ramon, but I really liked Scott Hall in the NWO. And he was the NWO guy I always gravitated more towards, especially because he was a better worker than Hogan or Nash. Did you gravitate towards him because he was a WWF guy? Kind of. Or like, because like, even more like he was like a solid WWF guy. I mean, he was very solid, and he's one of those guys who I think should have been world champion. I think for, at least for one little run. I mean, you, they obviously have done worse. So, looking at you, David Arquette. <clears throat> looking at you, Jinder Mahal. I mean, I can say things to defend that run, but let's be honest, Jinder Mahal is no Scott Hall. So, who wants to? Who would like to go first to discuss Reza Ramon slash Scott Hall? Anybody want to jump in? I'll go. Okay. Uh, again, I completely agree with you. I would probably put him probably in the twenty to thirty range myself. Uh, great character, whether he is as Reza Ramon or Scott Hall. 
definitely the better talker of the three original NWO members, which is why he usually had the microphone to do the uh, it's time for a poll, AEO. Yes. Um, again, quality matches, regardless of what company he was in, and grew a hell of a porn stash. <laughs> Got to throw out the porn uh- stash. <laughs> Yeah, uh, let's let's go with uh, Danny next. Uh, you know, I I respect him. I don't think I'd put him in my top thirty. Okay. Um, I I guess he's up there with with Kurt, where you could argue that he should have been a world champion. But then you compare him to the other people we've talked about. He has so many demons. He does. Yes. There's there's a lot of demons this far down on the list. Uh, the part of the. The list actually gets pretty demon-free from here on out, just for the record, guys. <laughs> because the people you've already talked about has basically had the monopoly on demons. I mean, I've got a demon on the list, but he's like kind of a... Uh, it's kind of his gimmick, so... Jeff Torborg? All right! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yes. I was a demon. So, uh, Dan, where do you stand on Razor Ramon? Uh, it's also a... World Tag Team Champion with your previous entrant, Kurt Hennig, in the AWA. Yes, he was. I did not watch a lot of AWA, sadly. So they do I they do it their first together in the Wrestle Rock Rumble because they were the tag team champs when the Wrestle Rock Rumble happened. Yes. Okay. And then uh, Chris, you're the last one. Uh... <sighs> Uh, wouldn't be in my top 30. A lot of respect. Don't think he would have been a cha- I, I don't think he's one of these guys that should have been a champion. Um, <laughs> uh, I think that gets tossed around because you have guys like Jinder and you guys have, have you know, like like everybody's champion, stuff like that. But uh, oh, there's, there's a pretty he, respectable list of, like, legendary wrestlers who never got a run as world champion. But Right. I don't even know if I'd put Jake there, but... Um, um, uh, but Scott Hall, he was very cool. Uh, in the NWO, and I, I, I as a kid, uh, dug it. Um, definitely, at, you know, still to this day, you know, one more for the bad guys, you know, kind of thing. Like, I still like that. Um, and uh, he had a cool finisher. I think a lot of times, man, like, I, if, if I remember Razor Ramon for anything, um, another guy where he, if you've seen one Razor Ramon match, you've seen a lot of them, you know, fall away slam, the, the, the backdrop off the top, you know, yeah. and then... You know, so I mean, like, uh, uh, I thought he, I thought he was, I thought he was pretty cool. Uh, but, but again, he wouldn't be in my thirty. Uh, but not to, not as a slight, but just uh, like other people better. Okay, like the diamond stud, you like better. Yeah. And we haven't talked a lot about like entrance music for a lot of these entrants. But one thing I always liked about Scott Hall is he always had really cool entrance music. Whether it was the Razor Ramon theme, any of the NWO stuff, or even that theme they gave him in TNA was pretty cool. Like Marvelous Me, I think the the name was. Yep. Marvelous Me? Marvelous Me. Yes, Marvelous Stan Stasiak. It's like a remix of his Razor theme, but it fucking rules. Stan Stasiak, by the way, is number one on the list, just so you guys know. So, like, or Sean Stasiak, sorry. Actually, both of those would, no no disrespect to Stan Stasiak, but I don't think I've literally never seen a Stan Stasiak match. Stan the Man Stasiak. All right, number 26. Uh, We're going to talk about. A guy with demons, but part of the gimmick and not necessarily the uh, 
<laughs> real life. Actually, in real life, this guy's pretty fucking respectable. I'm really happy he had a career in pro wrestling because he had some shit starts, whether he was Unibom or <laughs> Isaac Yankum or the fucking Christmas creature. I don't know who the hell came up with that one, Jerry Lawler. But kudos, respects to Glenn Jacobs for coming, for embracing the Kane character and making it work. And so many transformations of the character that even when it was so lame and the storyline was awful, whether it was the Katie Vick thing or the Lita miscarry, he put his heart and soul into it and made it not so awful. And he gets a lot of respect for that. Plus, of all the guys we've talked about here, he's probably the most respectable one outside the ring. I mean, he's always been known as being very intelligent, very well-spoken. And I've seen some of his speeches, and while I don't always agree with personal stuff he says... Uh, I respect him because he, you know, he he can defend himself quite well. But I like the Kane character. I've liked it for a long time. It survived a lot of transformations it probably shouldn't have. But kudos to uh, Glenn Jacobs for making that work. You don't ever hear anybody say anything bad about this guy. Chris, I'll start with you this time around. Where do you stand on Kane? He's all right. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, eh, like uh, 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 more hot takes from me. The Undertaker and Kane stuff. Like, I, I grew up with a mother that was way into the satanic panic stuff. So everything was the devil. So like, like Kane and the Undertaker stuff, like as a kid, used to scare the fuck out of me. And I didn't like being scared. Um, but uh, Kane uh, was just definitely a guy I would, you know, turn the channel on. Like, you know, like, uh, like, you know, good for what he was. Um, you know, Clay Drasher likes him a lot. That's that's cool. Um, <laughs> Shout n- out to Clay. Shout out to Clay. Yeah. You know, I, okay, I, I thought I thought it was I, I, I always thought it was in really weird taste that they would occasionally call him the big red retard. Uh, oh, my God. So, <laughs> yeah. I, and I was like, oh, yeah. Yeah. So, you know that, what? That's, you make an interesting point. Because I feel like when it comes to Kane, I've either heard people, he's either everybody's, like, top three guy, or he doesn't rank. Right. So, that I, I think it's an interesting take to uh, to even have him on the list so far down. Dan, where do you stand on Kane? I actually recently saw a video of him, like, at OVW, like, after hours training to become Kane. Oh, that's pretty cool. So he's, like, doing all his spots, and they're, like, trying to time him doing the sit-up and stuff, like The Undertaker does. It was a rather uh, fun video to watch. It's, like, five, ten minutes long. It's just recently on YouTube. It actually sounds really like fun. a fun video. I mean, do, do you like the character, though? Because Kane, Kane's more of a character pick for me than a worker pick. But... Yeah, I mean, the initial stuff is fantastic. Yeah, it's a lot of character transformations, but... Uh, but then, you know, they, they took the mask off, and they put it back on, and they took it back off. I was there the first time the mask came off. I was at the Madison Square Garden when that happened. Yeah. It's the first and last time I ever saw Bill Goldberg wrestle. And then he had a three-foot dick. I love that story. All right, let's get everyone's <laughs> opinion, then I'm, I'm going to tell that story, because Dan Madigan told us that story firsthand on Club the Club Kayfabe Wrestle Talk podcast. Uh, Jeff, where do you stand on Kane? One of the most, if not most impressive debuts of all time. Um, 
love the character. To me, the as frightening of a character as he was, to me, the most frightening version of him was Corporate Kane. <laughs> I don't know why. It was just so weird. Um, there was a great moment on the uh, new show that they had called Most, called Most Wanted where he talked about where he got the head tilt from. Because I figured he got it from, like, uh, Friday the 13th. No, he got the head tilt from his dog. <laughs> That's tight. Oh. I think attention to detail in a corporate game where he made his pocket square look like flames. Just him in a suit just was weird. I could not get over that because, I mean, this is a man that once electrocuted Shane McMahon's balls with a car battery. It's true. It is. Uh, Danny, you're going to have probably the most interesting take on Kane because I don't think Kane fits into the mold of wrestlers that I know you're you're big into. No, but but I would say that Kane is probably my favorite WWE character. I oh. would say... I would say Kane, out of any wrestler in WWE, turned the most chicken shit into chicken salad, like for right. twenty years. Like, yeah, he really did. Like I, I really loved his two thousand two run where he did get on mask. I know a lot of people hated that, but I, I thought that some of that stuff was great. And then the stuff with Daniel Bryan that I don't think anybody else mentioned, but he, he could yeah, always, that was pretty good. he always had something. And there's like a lot mm-hmm. of people where if they're given something that's out of their wheelhouse they'll just kind of you know they're not into it randy orton yeah but but i feel like kane was always into everything he was given even even that awful ecw run yeah he 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 always worked and he worked hard they they said he's the loyal company guy all right was that everybody did i miss anyone y'all said your pieces all right so real quick yes uh vince mcmahon one of his notes for the See No Evil movie that Dan Madigan wrote, we had him on the podcast early on, and he, we interviewed him and he talked about this, was that, yes, uh, Vince wanted him to have a three-foot-long penis, and he wanted a scene where he was basically in a cage stroking his three-foot-long penis and, like, staring out ang- aggressively, and they had to talk him down because they're like, if we do that, we're going to get an NC-17 rating, and we don't want that. That's fucking dumb. <laughs> Well, it came from the wondrous mind of Vince McMahon, where for every the genetic jackhammer, for every fantastic idea he's had, he's also had the other idea. <laughs> so you know, you gotta gotta kind of take take that with what it was. Uh, take the good, take the bad, put it together. That's when you have the facts of life. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go to number 25 and let's talk about a more contemporary wrestler because this is somebody who is still actively going today. This is somebody who I first discovered. Oh, do you have a guess? Somebody have a guess? No. Oh, I thought I heard somebody uh, trying to say they had a guess. Uh, um, Ricky Reyes. <laughs> no. No. I like Ricky Reyes, but no. Uh, no, this is a guy who, uh, he doesn't look like your conventional wrestler. He looks like he's kind of fat and out of shape and... and he kind of he's had a he's had a habit I've heard of being a little aloof and everything, but he works hard for what he is. He has great matches that you wouldn't expect from him. He can do serious stuff. He can do comedy really well. Uh, I once watched him roll down a really steep ramp they had set up for when we went to the Ring of Honor show where they we were extras in the wrestler, 
And that was yeah. good old Kevin Steen slash Kevin Owens. And I've been a fan of his for a long time. And uh, I'll start with you, Decker, because you're part of the reason I discovered Kevin Steen in the first place. Because I look like him. <laughs> you you do kind of look like Kevin Steen. A little bit. Um, yeah. Um, I think, like, what what sucks about my list, it probably would be a lot more contemporary as well. Uh, I'd probably have Kevin Steen at least in my top 20. Uh he, uh, like, I mean, it was funny what, the one time when they, when 2CW ran um, the Music Youth Center and it was 2.0 and it was Kevin Steen that came down together and they went to me and they're like, where's the entrance? And I was like, you're in it. <laughs> <laughs> or, or like, it was, or the driveway, the driveway. I was like, you guys are in it. And they're like, oh my like, yeah, you parked back over there. And at the time I was like, oh, cool. Kevin Steen. Yeah. He's like a French Canadian guy. That's cool. And then he goes on to just have this fucking badass run for the last six, seven years. Um, yeah, real good. Like, Kevin Steen a lot. Uh, Danny, you're really big on independent wrestling, so I want to get your thoughts on Kevin Steen. I would probably have Steen in my top ten. There you um, go. Steen is what got me into Ring of Honor. I started a little bit later than their first big run. Um, his feud with El Generico 2010-2011 is probably my favorite run in Ring of Honor history. Um I feel like he's been criminally misused for about five years. I think I just read that this was like the five-year anniversary week of him winning the Universal title. And oh, I feel damn. like he's and he's done about jack shit since then, in my opinion. I think but, he's happy, though. Yeah. I, yeah. Like, that was always his goal was to go to WWE. Right. Like, uh, so, I mean, like, I think when it comes to something like that, you're like, eh, I have this thing. I'm sure, I'm sure it's a lot more like uh, Sammy is probably a lot more, like, frazzled. You know, but, you know, Kevin Cena always looks like he's, you know, you know, so happy that he just got to be on a WrestleMania. Yeah, and he he had some great stuff, too, with Jericho. That stuff was really funny. I mean, every match he's ever had with Sami Zayn has been quality, and they've been similar but also different enough to stand out. You know, he can, he he can a, go. His, he had a, that match with Roman that they had at the Rumble during that the was, pandemic? That was, that's my match of the year currently, probably. That match is fantastic. You know what? I would have I would have agreed with you until I saw Walter versus Elia. Now that's actually my front runner, but that's that's a I mean that's a top ten match of the year uh, between all companies, especially with WWE because WWE is not producing as many match of the year candidates as other companies are. But we can talk about that. Uh, Dan, you're you're pretty well versed in independent wrestling as well, and I know you followed Ring of Honor for a while. Where would you put Kevin Steen? I don't know. Um, I never really thought of what my list would be, except for like the you know the two top people. I guess contemporarily, he's definitely on the list. Um, yeah, I remember seeing him being like, "There's no way he's gonna ever get signed to WWE." Yep, and then I love his next debut. Thing I knew he was world champion. <laughs> I was like, okay. I loved his debut too because when he came out, he had visible tears in his eyes because he had made it. At that NXT show, oh. it was so good. Oh, where he took on where he took on uh, what CJ Parker? Yeah, Juice, Juice Robinson, Juice. Yeah. Also, uh, he mostly learned English by watching Monday Night Raw. Yeah, from but he Jim learned Ross. it from Jim Ross. Respect, mad respect. Um, and I apparently he was just in Disney World the other day because one of my buddies saw him at Safari, and he you know he politely greeted him but didn't engage him because Owens is a private person. So respect there. 
Uh, Jeff, I need your thoughts. I unfortunately have not seen much of Steen. I've probably seen a handful of him as Steen, but obviously as Owens, he is one of the most entertaining guys on the roster. Like you said, both as a face and a heel. Uh, The Jericho stuff was gold. The Sami Zayn stuff, literally, if they fought every week, I would be a happy guy. Oh, yeah. So, um, very entertaining. I still, one of my favorite moments from NXT, I forgot who it was, got jumped in the parking lot, and Steen just walks, Owens walks by, looks at me. Yep, he just, oh, Oh, that's terrible. Oh, yeah, that's unfortunate. Just just deadpans it. That was really funny. And then just keeps walking. Yeah, I love. Yeah, Kevin Owens is a he's a fun wrestler to watch. He's one of those guys where right now when I'm when I'm so disenchanted with modern WWE with how they're booking and everything, I will still go out of my way to watch stuff that he does. He's one of those guys like and, you know, when you're when you're a fan of somebody on the independence and they make it, you it's almost like one of your guys got to the big time. So I think you just instinctively for the first me, the first time that happened was when. Claudio got signed. Yes. I was like, we, holy shit, I've been watching this guy since 2005. We may or may not talk about him soon. Uh, well, if you, for for a package deal, if I'm going to talk about Kevin Owens, I'm also going to talk about Sami Zayn. I put him at number 24 on the list because these guys, I, I discovered these guys at the same time. I watched them feud. They, they basically came in practically together, and they're still doing their thing. How many, I mean, how many years have these two been going at it? So, and, and I, the only reason I, I don't have a genuine reason for why I would put Sammy one space higher than Kevin Owens on the list, other than just that I think that Sammy is just a hair more entertaining. And that's really my only, my only reason there. So let's, uh, let's, let's talk to our independent guys here. Chris, Sammy Zayn, El Generico. Um, I would like, you know, what's funny is I don't even know if I would list Sammy on my top 30, but when I can think of matches, Sammy's had two blow away matches that, um, uh, that I would, that I would say like that, that I could think of off the top of my head. Uh, when, when more Kevin Steen, it's more like a, uh, a complete, like it's a montage of good stuff. But uh, Sammy had that match with Nakamura, Nakamura's debut. That was that, that was my match of the year that year. That was a blowaway match, yeah. Yep. Yeah, and then his and then his match against uh, Pac uh, for the the title when when Steen turned on him. Uh, also, unreal match. I, I remember writing on my Facebook wall like the same as God or something like that, <laughs> like just being blown away. And and what kind of sucks is I think a lot of that goodwill. It has has gone away. You know, he also missed a lot of time, uh, but I feel like they, um, they 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 missed the boat. But I think he's slowly, um, you know, getting the boat now. Sure, so that's me, Danny. Where do you stand on Sammy? Um, it's it's kind of weird because I would definitely put Owens in my top ten, but I don't know where I would put Sammy. I mean, he probably would make my top 30. Um, you know, you go back to those two's dance partners, uh, the fight without honor, uh, that crazy ladder match they had, um, their matches with the young bucks. He's, he's always been a solid worker. 
Um, I will say that as comparison from the independents to WWE, he probably has grown as a character better than better than Kevin did. Kevin kind of kind of just amplified what he was. Sammy really yeah. changed though because he, he had to. Yeah. yeah. But I mean, like you know, like Generico and Sami Zayn are two completely different characters because Generico right. didn't talk. Right. And that's. I would say that. I was blown with, away when I found out Sami Zayn had mic skills. Yeah. Re- regarding <laughs> the El Generico, I would say that Sammy has this unique ability to gather sympathy without saying a single word, which there's not a lot of people that can do that. I probably helped that he was under a hood to start. <laughs> And you also look at, like, size-wise, he is almost always going to be the underdog because he is so undersized. Yeah. So where do you... Which is why it's great when he's... That's, which is why it's great when he's a heel, because he's such a fuck. Oh, he's a... Like, he plays a great heel. He plays a punchable heel. He plays yeah. the kind of heel that Christian used to play that made me a Christian fan because I hated him so much, and then I, re- I immediately was like, wait a minute. I don't actually hate him. I'm loving this. It's a thin line between love and hate, especially as a heel. Yes. Absolutely. And for me, another thing that he has over Owens is one of the best theme songs going today. If you like ska music, you're going to love Sami Zayn's theme. I mean, his dance move to that is just, (laughs) it's hard not to laugh every time he... When he used to come out dancing to it. And it's better when he's a heel because it's such a smarmy thing to do and I love it. Yep. All right. Uh, well, Jeff said his piece. That leaves you, Dan. Oh, man. I don't. Was it El Generico versus uh, 123 Kid for the Raid of Oladoras H- final? Uh, At the Chicago show? Yes. Yes, it was. It was, that it, it was, was at, nuts. It was, it was at the uh, it was at the arena. Uh, it was it was King of Trios at night three yeah. that year. So yeah, yes. Uh, that was wonderful. That match I, is insane. I hate how much I don't really know about Chikara because I probably I know so many people who work for Chikara because of working in the Northeast, and I probably know more people who came from Chikara and met more people that worked in Chikara than I've actually like seen full Chikara shows of, which is kind of sad. I need to catch up on that. But yes, uh, I mean... Cr- yeah, he fought, he fought Waltman. That's awesome. It's awesome. It's awesome. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's switch gears a little bit for number 23, and let's talk about Booker T. Because Booker T is a guy that always stood out for me as a guy who I always felt like he was a great breakout star for WCW, and I really think if that company stayed in business, he would have become, like, purely one of their top guys. But this is another guy. He can do it all. He, he's, he's hysterical. He can be a good, a good heel that makes you want to watch him get beaten. I thought the King Booker thing was so over the top that it was brilliant. Now everybody's trying to emulate what he did, which is why it just doesn't work as well anymore. But I've always liked Booker T as just a standout performer. He's always been he's always been a fun guy to watch in the ring, and sometimes even more fun guy to uh, to watch on promos. Even if he does occasionally drop racial slurs on live television, but we, we won't we won't talk about that. Uh, let's start with Dan. Where do you stand on Booker yeah. T? 
Oh, yeah, he's a major breakout star. I mean, he was a tag team with his brother for a very long time, like almost 10 years. And then those the whole NWO thing broke every tag team up, and you got to see <laughs> who got to break, to break away, and it was Booker that broke away. Yeah. And, yeah. and he, made, he, well, he was champ when they ended, so. The last ever champ gets that on his resume. Uh, Chris, Booker T. I think the first thing I think of is the um, uh, the best seven with Benoit for the TV title. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was excellent shit. Excellent, excellent shit. Um, I think uh, one of the problems is that... Uh, oh, my pizza's here. <laughs> okay. Problem. That, ah, thank you. That is not a problem, oh, but... <laughs> no, it's definitely not a problem. Um, so, sorry about that. That's I was okay. just standing outside. No, but um, I think uh, I think the early two thousands uh, post alliance hurt him when it came to a lot of people remembering how great he was. Uh, yeah, I, he was I, I, the I, only I, only top guys they brought in, and they had to shit on him for two years. They did, and um, you know that's uh, that's a damn shame. You know, just all the all the stuff that happened with him and Hunter and stuff like that. It just was. Uh, it uh, I think I think it sully sullies him slightly, um, and that's yeah. not me. Uh, that that's just calling a spade a spade. So it kind of sucks because Booker T and WCW is fantastic. Understand, understood. Jeff, where do you stand on Booker T? He was one of those few guys that was great as a heel and great as a face. Because think about his comedy bits with Goldust. I don't think they get talked about enough. Oh, yeah, they were really good. But, yeah, nothing stood out more than the King Booker. I hated Charmel, but I <laughs> loved King Booker. If I ever do it, if I ever do an all-time gimmick list, I think Goldust might be up there, like pretty high up there, now that you mention it. All of a sudden, he's talking with a British accent and had a great run with the title. Yeah, no, you can't talk great wrestlers and not include Booker T. Yeah, and he was he's a guy who was consistent for years too. That's another thing. A long run of consistency. Uh Danny, where do you stand on Booker T? Um, you know, I don't I don't think I would put him on my top thirty, but I, I certainly respect him. Um I would say that he's probably the best wrestler to transition from WCW going under into WWE. Oh, um, I agree with that. Anyone would argue that he was the most successful out of anyone that came from WCW. Are we talking most successful? Or are we talking person who transitioned the best? I think the answer is both. Yeah, I would say both. Because you can, because you can. Well, I mean, I guess, I guess you really can't. I mean, you, I get you can maybe put Eddie there, but I mean, he really he left before the yeah. I was too counting anyone part of the alliance. Right. He would got purchased. Booker T was yeah, the obviously only... Jericho would be there, Benoit would be there, Guerrero yeah. would be there. Booker was the only top WCW guy who came into WWE and became a top guy for an extended period of time. Because Goldberg was like a year. Steiner never really made it to the top. I, I think Booker's really the only one. Yeah. So yeah, the, um the story about Batista being a jerk backstage at SmackDown saying he was... Uh, Carrying the brand and Booker T beat the shit out of him. And then later <laughs> that, that right. night, it was a movie premiere. 
So you could mm-hmm. see Batista with a fucked up face at this movie premiere. Uh, Booker T, yeah. Apparently one of the things he used to do was walk around with an unlit cigar in his mouth all the time. So, I mean, whatever, whatever your gimmick is. If it's unlit, I'm okay. <laughs> Uh, number 22, another contemporary guy. This is a guy who I've been a little worried about because he's been kind of injury prone. I wasn't sure what his future was, but it looks like he's on his way back to some form of prominence. Uh, this is one of, I think, yeah, of, of all the guys I'm going to talk about who were really associated with TNA. He's one of the top five to ever come out of TNA, and that is Samoa Joe, who I will argue... Mm is still one of the best Samoan wrestlers to ever happen. And Chris, mm. would you like to provide some feedback? Samoa Joe, yeah, Samoa Joe would be in my top five. Okay, he's Dude. a top five guy. Okay. Oh, I, wa- oh, oh, yeah. I wasn't sure uh, if he's, that, he's, if that mm, was uh, Samoa Joe or, oh, Samoa Joe. It was also this lasagna pizza. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Samoa Joe is like one of the reasons why uh, when I was getting back into stuff, like I, I took the TNA. Um, he's fucking, he's fucking amazing. Like I'm so happy that he um, is back, even if he's on NXT or whatever. Like whatever they end up doing with him, um, I will, I will still go out of my way and watch that promo after that Brock match that he lost, where he's like, you know, you didn't, you didn't beat me, you escaped me. Yeah. Great balls uh, of fire. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Oh, God. I so. forgot about that show. Uh, we don't talk about Great Balls of Maven. I'm still sour. I almost lost to Great Balls Great of Balls Maven. Great Balls of Maven might be the best show that's been booked on that podcast, by the way. Thank you. Thank you. I was so mad when Dan you know was what? like, Dan was like, I just want you to know I didn't vote for you. I'm like, we are no longer friends. That's it. We're done. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Dan. Samoa Joe. Because I know you're uh, a fan. Uh, I, yeah, he uh, definitely top 10 for me. Um, I got into him a little bit before he hit TNA, so we're talking ROH World Chant time. You know, the, the champ is here. Yes. Chicken motherfuckers right in the face, and then the Kabashi match, match of the year that year, I would say. Oh, that match is fantastic. Yeah, he's, man, yeah, he's, yeah. 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 Got a three-way with him, Daniels, and AJ. Yeah. Oh, oh sacrifice? That's... Oh, yeah. Oh, that chef kiss. That that Kurt Angle match. Samoa Joe, Kurt Angle. Angle. Yeah. Holy that is, that's what got me into the TNA. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Yeah, so so Danny, what else about Samoa Joe are you, or have you been a fan of? Um, I'm going to post it in our call. I know the, the listeners can't see it, but the craziest fucking bump ever is what Samoa Joe did to Sting. Oh, my God. Jumps off the fucking staircase. Yeah. He goes down about 15 feet. It's the craziest fucking bump I've ever seen. Um, I think Somehow Samoa he Joe, nailed it perfect. He, he did. Um, so There's just like a level of intensity in Samoa Joe matches. It doesn't feel fake. Like, you see some people wrestle, and it feels fake. Samoa Joe feels like a shoot fight. It's like watching I, a strong style match. I don't know... I don't know where I would quantify him on my list. I I would imagine he has to fall somewhere in the top 30. But definitely definitely one of the top 5 of the early 2000s independent era without a doubt. 
Imagine Samoa Joe versus like Ishii or. Oh. He could have done it. He could have done yeah. it. Minoru Suzuki. Minoru Suzuki, yeah. Murder Grandpa. <laughs> I mean, I'd I'd want to see that match, yeah. Uh, Jeff, where do you stand with old Samoa Joe? I was never a big TNA guy, so I mean, obviously, I did see a few of his matches there, but. As soon as he came into WWE and just started beating the shit out of everybody, I I can sum up my thoughts on Joe in just one crowd chat. Joe is gonna kill you. Oh, that's one of my favorite crowd chants. I remember uh, he was facing Baron Corbin in NXT, and Baron Corbin's thing was like, man, I'm such a blue chipper. All I had to do was make one phone call and I was here. And then Joe's response was, yeah, well, they called me. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> I think Joe has some of the best just off-the-cuff responses in yeah. promos, too. It just sounds so natural. He was also uh, really good on commentary, too. That's another thing. Very- and he's another guy that you look at just physically. You don't think he's going to make it as a WWE guy because yeah. of, you know, Vince loves the muscular guys but i mean you can't argue his talent it's just a matter of his health at this point yes <clears throat> all right That's so a sting bump alone took about five years off of his career <laughs> well as al snow once famously told all of us decker you've probably heard this before every bump you take takes five minutes off your career yeah i've heard that yeah i've always heard the bump card where you only have a certain amount on your card and where do you use them? Where do you waste them? Yes, exactly. Uh, so let's talk about one of the all-time great in-ring performers um, at number 21 before we brace into the top 20 here. This is a guy who's made it a little higher than some of the other classic wrestlers I talked about because of how much of his career I have actually gone back and watched and how much his matches with various people blow me away whether it was Ric Flair or whether it was Randy Savage, and that's Ricky the Dragon Steamboat, another guy who is just a worker personified. Everything he does was smooth. Everything he did made sense. I I kind of wish he was a little more of a character, not that dragon shit that they tried to do with him. but Literal dragon shit? Literal dragon shit, <laughs> but... God, I love I will I love watching Ricky Steamboat matches. That's one of those guys I don't think he's ever had a bad match. And another thing with Ricky Steamboat is as far as I know, he's a career babyface. Yeah, I believe so. So and not many people can actually say that. So yeah. Ricky Steamboat. Um I had to he, he wasn't I'm not gonna put him in the top twenty because of how much of his career I did not see, but I'm absolutely gonna rank him for just being as amazing as he was. So, uh, Danny, where do you, would you put Ricky Steamboat? We just talked about a lot of contemporary guys. We're kind of going back a little bit now. Um, I I think of all of the classic wrestlers, I guess you'd <clears throat> quantify him as one of those. He would probably be most likely to make my top 30. Uh, as you said, his work rate is consistently solid. Uh, you go back to the matches with Flair. Um, even... What was he in his fifties when he wrestled Jericho? He yeah. could still go. Yeah, yeah. He only retired because he felt like he wasn't as good as he was before. And as we saw, 
after not wrestling for 15 years, he was still fantastic. Yeah. Uh, Dan, how about you? Uh, man, I mean, I know like Ric Flair talks about how uh, you get people to be like, man, that's the best match you ever saw, you and Steamboat. And he was like, yeah, you know, like the two times we wrestled on pay-per-view, we had at least 300 better matches with those around spot shows. <laughs> yeah. Hello. Sounds, I mean, probably, but. Uh, and when he finally won the title, though, oh, that was hot. Uh, Jeff, how about you? I believe you've actually seen him wrestle in person, haven't you? I believe I have, yes. Um, but I look at, uh, like you, one of, I agree, he's one of the best because he had the best matches in WCW with Flair, had the best WrestleMania match of all time with Savage. Like you said, didn't have a single bad match. Hell, even his son was pretty good for a while there. So, yeah, he was one of the most talented high flyers there ever was. That's what I get sad about that, Richie Steamboat. Yeah. Yeah. That is a real shame. Uh, Chris, I know you're enjoying uh, your pizza, but... Uh, actually, I just went out to a gas station because I needed some to drink. Um, oh, okay. Uh, easily in my top ten. Uh, pro- probably sitting easily uh, at number ten. Um, the stuff I didn't see of him—it's it's definitely quality over uh, a quality over quantity. Um, he's fantastic. I mean, there, there's, no, there's nothing more you can say. You know. Um, there you go. I uh, I got nothing for love for Ricky Dragon Steamboat. All right, top 20 time, uh, just making it into the top 20, and again, people will be like, this guy should be higher, and I can understand where you're coming from, but just because I like 19 wrestlers more than him doesn't mean I don't actually like him. I want to talk about Eddie Guerrero, and I have a feeling Eddie would probably make all of your lists to some capacity. Yep. Uh, yep. So, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, Jeff, Eddie Guerrero. Did he not have one of the greatest runs of all time? And the fact that all of us love him, and he would be like, nah, my matches weren't that great. He was his own worst critic. Yeah. You know, him beating Brock was probably top ten greatest moments in wrestling history. I would have preferred it if he won the title clean. Everybody would Yeah. But I understand why he didn't. But he was such a great character and probably one of the most infectious smiles you will ever see. I always love that when they show clips from that match now, they don't even include the Goldberg stuff. It's just Eddie won the title. Wow. Yep. <laughs> That's probably the smartest thing they could do. Danny, how about you? Um, I, I would definitely say top 10. Um, I never really watched his run growing up. You know, I got into wrestling later than all of you, I believe. But I've gone back and watched all of it. And I would say that Eddie is probably the best wrestler of the early 2000s. Um, He's probably the best wrestler to be able to play both a heel and a babyface. I know we talked about that a little bit with Owens. But I think Eddie, he he perfected both roles. Perfected. And I feel like he... People talked about in interviews, he he could flip a switch 
mid-match when he knew something wasn't working. Yep. I think growing up the way he did with his family being so ingrained that he had a mind that very few people else had. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Chris. Uh, Eddie Guerrero is a favorite match of all time. Uh, him and our bar against Octagon and uh, El Hijo de Santo, the Masters hair match from When Worlds Collide. Uh, any of my... If you've hung around me long enough where we talk about favorite matches, that's that's always my immediate go-to. Uh, Eddie died the same day that my father had surgery, so I had to be very strong for my... Um, I switched to my car for a second. Uh, Eddie Guerrero died the same day my father-in-law went in for open-heart surgery. So that day I had to be very, very strong for my uh, would-be wife. And then I found out that Eddie died, and I, I you know, yeah, I wept uh, from, from everything going on. Um, Eddie's also in my top five. He's uh, one of the best of all time. <clears throat> all right, I believe that just leaves Dan. Uh, two of my favorite go-to favorite matches are him versus Rey Mysterio at uh, Halloween Havoc 97. This is when Rey was wearing a full body suit where his mask was integrated into the suit. Shortest uh, five-star match of all time, by the way. Yeah, like, so I think, good. I think, only, I think it was only eight minutes. Yeah. And and also there was a three-way at IWA Mid-South with CM Punk and Rey Mysterio and Eddie. We did a watch-along for that on Patreon. <clears throat> yeah. And it's finally believed to be when uh, WWE learned that Eddie had cleaned back up and he was ready to come back. One of my favorite stories from CM Punk was when he was like, I used to think I was good, and then I wrestled Eddie Guerrero and I realized I wasn't. We've made a lot of people feel that way. Yeah, such a great, fun talent to watch. I love going back and watching Eddie Guerrero matches. So let's talk about number 19. We're going to talk about a guy who was gone for a while from the world of pro wrestling and then came back to All Elite Wrestling and is having another run as a top guy between AEW and Impact. And that's Christian, or Christian Cage, if you will. This is a guy I turned around pretty early on as a wrestling fan because he was a guy that I loathed watching because he was such a good heel until I smartened up and realized that's why he, I was loathing him. And I ended up, he ended up becoming one of my favorites after that. And I've always preferred heel Christian to babyface Christian. I don't think a lot of people will disagree with that. Uh, so let's, let's talk to an, uh, another Christian, actually. Let's yeah. talk. To... Yeah, that was, that was cool when there was a wrestler that was mine, just my name. Uh, and I was like, oh, okay. That, that's kind of cool. Um, uh, I missed a lot of Christian's uh, singles goodness in the mid in the early two thousands uh, during my hiatus uh, in watching, um, and then like in the late in the early two thousand tens, like like right before he stopped, um, I kind of like missed a lot of that. It seemed, it seemed like a lot of filler, um, and then and then and then the TNA run was kind of wonky. Um, but now it seems like, uh, like, like what he's doing right now, 
I've really uh, felt a like a wow, this guy's really pretty goddamn good. Um, that match with Kenny was fucking great, like really good, like like good enough where I'm like maybe I'll buy the pay per view to see that. Um, and uh, again, not my top thirty, but uh, goddamn good hand. Yes, uh, Jeff, where do you stand when it comes to Christian? Christian is such a rare case because you all, whenever there's a tag team that splits up, there's always a Shawn Michaels and there's always a Marty Jannetty. And he worked hard to make sure he was not a Jannetty. Um, he did. Great on the mic. Again, physically kind of short compared to a lot of people around him. And the fact that, yes, he has fully recovered when, again, we never thought we'd see him wrestle again. It's hard not the root for him. And as we record this, he's the Impact Champion. Am I not? Am I correct? You are yes. correct. Yeah. So, I mean, g- good for him. That's a good comeback story. And, uh, Danny, how about you? Because you followed Christian for a while, too. Because you've watched you watched a lot of his independent stuff, I think. Or at least his uh, TNA run. His TNA run, yeah. Um, Christian's one of those guys, I'm going to be honest, for, for the longest time, I kind of thought he was boring. But I would say since he's come back to AEW and um, him and him and Edge, they had a podcast for a while and they would talk about their nuances. And I went back and I watched some of like the nuances he would talk about in matches. And he just does just little things. I would say out of any wrestler, he does the little things the best. Yes. Very William Regal-ish. Uh, William Regal would have would have if I if I extended the list, uh, William Regal would have been there. I have a feeling. But yeah, that's another that's another guy I've always watched. His 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 body language, his facials, like the little stuff in wrestling that, and like other wrestlers will say that he has the best footwork of anybody they've ever wrestled. Yes, I have heard that too. Like you know how people have said that like Jerry Lawler's hand eye coordination was so good that he would land a punch that looked like it murdered you, but you never even felt it. Right. And Christian was always a lot of the same way. Dan, are you a Christian guy? Uh, as a matter of fact, yes, I am, but not originally. I fucking hated Edge and Christian because <laughs> I like the Hardys and I like the Dudleys, and Edge and Christian just kept on fucking winning all those matches. <laughs> Whoa, sour grapes. They just won every single time. <laughs> those sons of bitches. Sons that's, tw- of that's, bitches. that's 20 years of hatred. He just burst out right there. Uh, but you like Christian now. I was Christian a Hardys now. guy, and then I was a Dudleys guy. And then, and then, of course, they break up, and uh, guess what? I like Christian more than I like Edge. There you go. Well, we may talk about that tag team partner later on. Uh, my favorite Christian. My favorite Christian moment of all time is still Tomko. Give me a beat. No. No. <laughs> that is still my favorite Christian moment ever. All right. You little bastard. Number eighteen. We're going to talk about one of pro. Yes. <laughs> Uh, number 18, we're going to talk about one of pro wrestling's all-time biggest stars. Um, he's low on the list because he was always he was never my go-to guy, but this is another guy I've really come to respect over the years as he is the most successful mainstream person to ever come out of pro wrestling, especially since Hulk Hogan. Dwayne The Rock Johnson. And Dan, I'm going to start with you because I know he's your number one. Because he's my number one. Yeah, when I came back to watching wrestling... In 98, in the wake of uh, 
Mike Tyson being at WrestleMania, I was like, that guy. There's something about that guy. And it was like right when he started breaking out, he had taken over the nation. And I'm like, yep, that's the guy. That's the guy. They predicted on day one that he was going to be the biggest star in the business in five years, and he actually beat the beat the expectations. Took that's some growing, a blue chipper right there. Uh, Jeff, where do you how do you feel? I can't. I gotta stop saying. Where do you stand? I freaking podcast brain. Again, I agree that he is the most successful guy outside of the ring. You can talk to anyone who does not follow wrestling; they know who. Dwayne The Rock Johnson is. Exactly. He is one of the most likable people outside of, you know, having the cameras on him. I have not heard a single person say a negative thing about him. Uh, He learned so much so quickly and was the most charismatic wrestler I think we've ever seen. Like, he used to talk about this all the time. He, I remember I was reading an interview he did where he's like, I've never gone to the top rope because I don't need to. And that's, I mean, that's it. Hit that that match with Hulk Hogan is one of the greatest matches of all time, and they hardly do anything yeah. because they don't need to. And they they Rock Rock was a guy I used to dislike him because I always thought he was too over exaggerated, and that used to annoy me. But now I go back and I watch and I realize that's actually part of the endearment of him. And he's another guy. He did a lot of little stuff, like we just talked about with Christian. There's a lot of little stuff that I started picking up on later going back and watching his matches, and I I realized how good he really was. He was, he over-exaggerated because that was his way of feeding to the fans. It's the same thing Hogan did. I can't really hate on that. Danny, when it comes to Um, The Rock... I I can't really say what you guys have said about his personality any better, so I'll, I'll talk about his matches. I think that as an athlete... His matches are incredibly underrated, as hard as it is to say that with him being so popular. But if you go back and watch some of his work, his stuff is just so solid. Um, I I think my favorite match of his is the ladder match that he had with Triple H at SummerSlam 98. That's a good one. Those two just beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. I think it also helped when you think about the quality of people he had around him. Because he was there when... You know, his greatest matches are against Triple H, are against Austin, Foley, Undertaker. I mean, if you're going to have great matches, you're going to have great matches with these people. Yeah, he really did. All right, uh, who hasn't gone? Chris? Yeah, give me a second. All right. Well, while you... I can talk talk more. (laughs) I mean, while you you talk real quick, I'll just mention... uh, very quickly that I've seen Rock wrestle in person a few times, and he ha- I seen I saw him wrestle John Cena in back to back main events live, and one of them was way better than the other one. One of them was one of my favorite matches that year, and one of them was one of my least favorite matches that year, and that's all because that was that should have been a one a one and done deal. Yeah. As they promised, it should have been that and well yeah. that and of and John Cena screamed Rock Bottom so loud that we heard him where we were sitting. So, oh no! All right, I'm back. Yeah. All right, The Rock. All right, go. Uh, he was in the movie The Other Guys, which is an underrated classic. So that's why he's fantastic. <laughs> Aim for the bushes. Aim for the bushes. Uh, that's is, is it true what they say about you and Kim Kardashian? Well, I can't speak on it, but yes. <laughs> 
And that's and another then they thing. Die. I think he's <laughs> I think he's really good as an actor. Like he started off a little rough at first for me, but I think he's well, come into his own. Like with Sean William Scott movies. You know, <laughs> like like I mean what was that fucking movie? The Rundown, where he's like in the fucking safari or something? I liked like, that. I that liked is that one movie. of my all-time favorite movies. You watch your mouth. I like that movie. No, make me. <laughs> no, make me. that movie's dumb. <laughs> no, I like. I like that's the best. It can't be dumb. Christopher Walken was in it. Yeah, Christopher Walken was also in the Prophecy <laughs> and the Country Bears. And yeah, I, yeah. I, I was being sarcastic with that line. Oh God. <laughs> Well, we could do a whole I'm episode. Balls of Fury. We could do a whole episode on rock movies, but I just wanted to focus on him as a wrestler, and I think we did. Uh, so now, I mean, he's so great. Like he made a joke to John Cena saying you look like a ball, like a bowl of fruity pebbles, and then a week later, John Cena's on a cover of Fruity Pebbles, making a million dollars. That's the Rock. Rock will make you a million dollars. All right, let's talk about at number seventeen one of the best in-ring workers of the last 30 years. This is a guy who won two gold medals with a broken freaking neck. Let's talk about Kurt Angle. This is, I am so happy that he got healthy because I was worried about him for a while. I, I think, I think we all were. Um, are any of you Kurt Angle guys? He's in my top three, probably. There you go. What, do you, what, what specifically about Kurt Angle do you like? Um, he's another one of those guys. I didn't start watching wrestling until he was in the middle of his run, but I've gone back and watched all of it. He just, he just caught on so quickly. Um, I, I think that if you define what a sports entertainer is, Kurt Angle is a sports entertainer. Uh, he can wrestle, he can do comedy, he can be the most intense heel, he can be a lovable baby face. Um... He's had five-star classics with 15 different wrestlers. Yeah, you're right about that. I mean, some of the all-time greatest more. matches. I, I agree. Jeff, what do you got for Kurt Angle? I can't really say anything more other than that. Because, <laughs> again, you think about how quickly he came up from being an Olympic wrestler to being a sports entertainer to being one of the most dominant heels and his theme song is so enriched even before the edge you suck thing can you go back and watch any of those matches and not sing along you suck now no i can't edge ruined it for me yeah and to me the the best comedy bit one of the best comedy bits of all time is him vince and stone cold with guitars Ending with him singing Jimmy Crackcorn. I know. <laughs> or, I'm just a sexy Kurt, I'll make your ankle hurt. Yep. I, I love how funny Kurt Angle actually is. Because you don't expect it from him. You don't. And he was really good at it. Chris, when it comes to Kurt Angle, how do you feel? Uh, uh, uh skip. Okay. <laughs> Dan? He might be the best all-around wrestler ever. He's so. Remember great. when he like popped up on the top rope and you're like, "Bitch, what are you gonna do off the top rope?" Oh, only the most technically perfect <laughs> moonsault ever done. <laughs> like, yeah, he had a great moonsault. <laughs> just like 
perfect tuck, perfect one, perfect landing. Like, what are you doing? And we talked about this earlier. Um, I, I think Danny, Danny brought this up when we talked about Samoa Joe, that there was an intensity in Kurt Angle matches you didn't get from everybody else. And when the strap came down, forget oh, it. it was go time. It was business. You know what? Why I'm kind of in like the skip party, by the way. Um, I don't think I ever um, for, forgave Angle for giving Samoa Joe a concussion in that first match. Like I, I was very excited for it, mm. and then they had it, and then he concussed him, and then they it just it was a good match. And I, I this is this is also during like uh, remember it was like. Health Watch, Suicide Watch, Kurt Angle era, you know, like Soma's up the ass, yeah. you know, Kurt Angle. And I think I have a little bit of, uh, like, I, like I thought it was nice when he came back for the Hall of Fame and stuff like that. I thought that was cool. But I think I still hold a little bit of uh, animosity towards that because I'm like, oh. man, that was good. That was I gonna c- be a good match. I can understand that because I, I said the same thing about Shawn Michaels when we first started the list. That it was, it's hard to get over some things that you felt about people for a long time. So I, I totally right. get it. But you he, can like yeah, he pulled one over on Vince, right? He was just like, I need to get out. Yeah, I'm not going to work anywhere else. And then he signed him like a week later. <laughs> I think that is what started WWE doing the no compete clauses. Yeah, I think so. Oh, really? I think you're right. Because he, he just outright he just because Vince just outright let him go, and he was there a week later. Between him and when Jeff Hardy did it. Yeah. That'll do it. All right, let's go contemporary again. We're going to talk about... We're at number 16 on the list right now. We're going to talk about the top TNA guy of all time, AJ Styles, the phenomenal one. This is another guy where I feel like he can't have a bad match. He can make everybody look good. He's talented as hell. He can be funny. He can be an asshole. And I, I think if it wasn't for AJ Styles, TNA would have folded a long, long time ago. I think he was yeah, a real a heart point. and soul of him. So, Jeff, how do you feel about AJ Styles? Kind of the same way with Jay, where I didn't watch a lot of TNA. So I saw a handful of the TNA matches. But obviously, once he got to WWE and, you know... Seeing the reaction when he entered the Royal Rumble, he has lived up to the hype and more. He, like you said, can have great matches with anyone. He's going to elevate Omos just by being his tag team partner at this point. I think that he's one of, if not the best guys around right now. Danny. Um, I'll I'll come at it from a different angle. Obviously, he is the grandfather, the founder of TNA, basically. Um, I would say he's probably the best gaijin in Japan of all time. Um, his matches over there were top-notch. Uh, Nakamura, I'd, I'd find Tanahashi, that Okada, Ibushi. I find that hard to argue. I mean, I think you're really? right. Really? When... You find that hard to argue with, like, Bruiser Brody and Stan Hansen? Well, from the stuff that I watched. Well, I mean... Yeah, but I mean, there's there's tons of wrestling over there. I'm not I'm not saying he's not in the running. I'm just saying, ooh, hot take. 
Well, you're the king of hot takes. Would you like to have your hot take next? Mm. Or you, would you like to finish eating and we'll, have, we'll let Dan go? <laughs> no, no, no. I'll give you a hot take. I'll give you a hot take. Due to uh, recent um, situations with talent relations, I think going forward, as long as AJ Styles retires with WWE, they will market him as one of the greatest of all time. I can see that. Because if if, uh, if Danielson goes to AEW, they will try to sweep that under the rug of his whole thing. And AJ, when push comes to shove, the, the late two, the late 2010s, that was a fucking run and a half, man. You know, that was really, you know, the match with Brock, match with Cena, uh, go on and on. I think that's what they will do. And it's not undeserved because he was great in TNA, great in Japan, great in WWE, great in Ring of Honor. One of my top great 10, fucking... I think one of my top 10 all-time matches is AJ versus Nakamura at Wrestle Kingdom. I've re- oh, gone yeah. and rewatched yeah. that match so many times. And then they signed with WWE the next day. I know. That's the thing, right? I watched him at Wrestle Kingdom, then I watched him at the Royal Rumble. And then three months later, I was watching Nakamura and NXT. Freaking nuts, dude. Ah, love it. But yeah, Dan, where do you... We got a uh, phenomenal one actually, here. Actually, I remember AJ Styles showing up in the last month of WCW as he was doing the Cruiserweight Tag Team Tournament with his mm-hmm. partner, Eric Paris. Um... And then I was like, you know, there's something about that guy. And then, you know, the company went out of business. And then the story was they offered him a developmental deal. And he's like, no, my wife's in college. (laughs) (laughs) So then, like a year or two later, he shows up in this new company, TNA, and he's the fucking man. Yeah, I I say if you were going to list TNA's all-time greatest talents, I think he's number one. Oh, not Jeff Jarrett? No. I say AJ Styles because AJ's homegrown. Uh, Jeff Jarrett's homegrown because he owns the place at the time. <laughs> Just because you're a three-year champion doesn't mean you're the greatest of all time. <laughs> Which, by the way, WWE counts now. If we yeah. haven't seen that statistic in the last couple weeks, yes, as if they're counting those old TNA reigns. So he's a ten-time or eleven-time world champion. I know. Are you acknowledging that? Yeah. Yep, they're acknowledging that now, so there you go. Well, because so that was the NWA the, belt. the big list. He's now on the big list of people who have been championed the most. All right, so let's, we're going to move into the top 15, the top half. I'm going to try to keep this under an hour, best I can, but no promises. Let's talk about, we mentioned his name earlier, let's talk about Claudio Castagnoli, now known as Cesaro in WWE. This was... I remember the first time I watched this guy wrestle at a at a live Ring of Honor show. Uh, I believe I was with you, Chris. Uh, I yeah. was just blown away. I'm like, this guy's fucking awesome. <laughs> and he would he was doing the uh, the Ricola thing at the time, and he would yeah. just stop and just throw his arms up in the air, and everybody would cheer. And I was doing it with him because I was like, this is awesome. Oh, yeah. He was very captivating um, at, at that point. Um, I think. There is a sadness that um, he hasn't had that big run that I think is uh, like like I said, Booker T is sullying him, you know, um, and which sucks because I mean he was freaking you know Kings of Wrestling and Chris Hero and 
all the stuff he did oh, I love in, the in Aura, that was great you know i mean he was you know i even think he was um in the cdw roh uh kid's death you know i mean he's he's been around you know yeah. he's at newf and in, in school haven pennsylvania <laughs> one of the um, reasons i wanted to increase the list to as many names as i did is because i wanted to talk about him because he's not quite in my top 10 but he's he's up there and i have a feeling a lot of you guys are going to feel the same way about cesaro uh, especially Dan and Danny, who I know you guys have followed his career for longer than I have. Danny, especially because I know you've uh, you are more versed in independent wrestling than I am. Um, I have an experience with him at a Ring of Honor show as well. Um, nice. I uh, I had followed Ring of Honor for a little bit, maybe like six months, and I went to my first live show, and I was surprised just how fucking big the guy is. He's huge, like. TV does not do him justice. Yeah, he's re- he's really tall. Do you remember the name of the ROH show you went to? Oh man, it was in Dayton. Um, it was, I think it was like Champions versus All Stars. It was. Oh. I think it was like Claudio and Hero teaming with like Roderick Strong versus like the world's greatest tag team and maybe like Davey Richards. Oh, so Ooh, this is that like... sounds amazing. This this is like like 2010 Ring of Honor. Like Cornet Ring of Honor, yeah. Uh, okay. Well, there's two runs of Cornet Ring of Honor. Um, that that match sounds friggin' amazing. I need to I need to watch that. Oh, the Kings of Wrestling and World Girls Tag Team is a great match. Yeah. <clears throat> Dan, you followed Cesaro for quite a while. Yeah, like 05 Chikara, man. Like that that's kind of why I wish that Matt was on this show so I could ask him about the the Claudio match that he refereed so he could tell me how much he doesn't watch his Chikara favorite, stuff. It's one of my favorite matches of all time by the way, and your boy did it and he fucking hates it because he wasn't Cuz he doesn't yet. like watching his, himself do refereeing that early. It's, yeah, Claudio versus Quack at the arena, dude. This fucking fantastic match. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but Matt hates watching anything he did from Chikara, so. Well, he wrote for one of the best matches of all time, in my humble opinion. Okay. <laughs> well, Quack is a fuckface, so. Uh. <laughs> all right. Uh, Jeff, we got to get your thoughts on Cesaro, because I know you're not, you're not as independently versed as the other guys are, but you st- I, I think you still followed him for a little bit. Of course. I mean, I've seen some of his Ring of Honor stuff as well. And as big as Kofi Mania was, if they ever pull the trigger and put a heavyweight title on Cesaro, which is well deserved, I think it would be it would equal what happened with Kofi. Even if it's not at a WrestleMania. Too many people want to see him win the title. I mean, if he had one of the best WrestleMania moments this year, and the next pay-per-view, he's not on it. I know. Yep. Oh, that drives me nuts. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Best, best moments this year, I'm trying to remember. Oh, he beat Seth, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that, and the, that and the Sasha Banks-Bianca Belair match were the real, like, the big highlights from WrestleMania this year. And then, yeah, yeah. they did not follow through, but, well. Yep. And that's why, and, like, it just seems like, What's the saying? The the less that change, the more they stay the same. I think uh-huh. that, that's like how I feel about Cesaro's run, and it's shitty. Yeah, it is. It definitely is. But but he's still there. He's still happy, and there's still 
potential for it. I haven't I haven't ruled it out just yet. So let's talk about number 14. We're going to talk about the the best he's the best hardcore worker that I'm going to have on my list. But he's not just known for being hardcore because he can do other stuff, but some all of his top moments have been hardcore. Uh whether you know him as Cactus Jack, Dude Love, Mankind, or Mick Foley, he is absolutely on my list for being just for being the guy that broke the mold. If there was a guy who truly broke the mold in Vince McMahon's world, then yeah, Mick Vince Foley McMahon would be the guy. Barely have even hired him. Yeah. Mason the mutilator, so I can imagine why that didn't work. <laughs> well, so are any of are any of you Mick Foley guys? I would probably put him in my top five. Nice. I would say he's probably my favorite Attitude Era wrestler. Um, and I've I've grown an appreciation of him in the last few years. I would say that I've moved him up my list significantly in the last few years. Just the the disregard that he would take for his own body to put on a show every night for 15 years. Uh, and his 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 career holds up. Like his matches his matches with Sting, his matches with Vader, uh stuff with Terry Funk, uh Shawn Michaels. Oh yeah, I know. He I mean, how many, how many, cra- two of my all-time favorite moments in WWE both involve Mick Foley, the Hell in the Cell, and the world title. The the loudest pop the in loudest pro wrestling pop. history yeah. was, the, was the day he won the title, and God, I, it still gives me chills to go back and watch that. So what you're saying is it put butts in the seat? It sure did, Jeff. Are you a Mick Foley guy? Oh, yeah. He created the most iconic moment of all time. And just imagine being thrown off the hell in a cell, not once, but twice, and then having your tooth sticking out of your nose. <laughs> what would be your reaction? Because mine would not be laughing about it. No, but that I, forward. I would be dead. <laughs> I will not be jumping off the hell in a cell anytime in this life. I would not climb a hell in a cell in this yeah, lifetime. Yeah, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't even start climbing it. <laughs> that that's a nope for me, dog. Dan, Mick Foley. Oh man, see now here's the thing, because that first book came out like right at the right time for me. So it was I was getting back into wrestling, I've been back for a few months or maybe even a year, and then that first book came out. And it was just like that was enough to I think to it might be the reason why. I'm in as deep as I am now. And, and I I didn't expect his books to be as good as they were, which is... Yeah, and he wrote them himself based on, like, diaries he kept, and... It's so good. It's so well done. He's a master and, of the cheap plug, too. And then, of course, they followed up with The Rocks, which he wrote in character, which was fucking awful. <laughs> And that, Foley's another guy. Everything he does is gold. He can do everything. And I love when they would do they did the three faces of Foley in the Royal Rumble. Yep. Yeah. Ninety eight, yep. 
that was that was always a lot of fun. True story. Friend of mine was working at Splash Mountain. The Foley's come on, and Mick refuses to do Splash Mountain because he's afraid of heights. <laughs> well, I, I would be too. <laughs> there's, there's, there's guys. They have a switch. Like you were talking about Jake earlier. He in real life scared to death of the snakes, but when he's in Jake mode, he don't give a fuck. Yep. He d- he does not. Uh, Chris, are you a McFoley guy? Uh, yeah, I'm a McFoley guy. Um, I think, um, when push comes to shove, uh, I remember Foley less for, like, his matches now, and, like, more about just, like, what a nice person he is, and you know what I mean? And it's, it's hard not to like a person who's nice. And yeah. so, like, so, like, I there, like, um, the, the hell in the cell thing to me, um... I mean, it, like, um, I almost try not to think about it because it's, uh, it, it's in play to death and stuff like that. But Mick Foley's one of those guys where if he's on a podcast or if he's on something like that, I'm going to listen. I listen to him uh, on the Observer talk about Dominic Nucci for uh, like a half hour. And, uh, like, he's funny, you know, like, just as a personality, he's, uh, he's, he's, a, he's a funny guy. And I, uh, I don't know, I, I just like that. So, um, yeah, I, I don't really think about his matches so much anymore. You know, what I mean, even though I could sit down and watch early WCW Cactus Jack stuff all damn day, so that's just my two cents. I always loved his anti-hardcore promos from ECW. Oh yeah, like you can just sit and watch him do like a bunch of like all like his, his the whole lot of his work. You can just sit and watch constantly, and it's great. Uh, but I, I just don't think. Uh, I like. Um, I don't think that's what defines him for me. I think it's his yeah. uh, his real life niceness. All right. So everybody's a Mick Foley guy, some some degree. Let's see where you all fall on our next wrestler. This is going to be the uh, an international flavor we're going to throw out here. Uh, this, if I'm actually looking at the list, this is actually the newest wrestler I discovered who's on my list. Because I didn't discover this wrestler until I actually started watching New Japan Pro Wrestling more regularly. And that was only in, like, the mid-2010s. And there was a guy named Shinsuke Nakamura on the card. And I was like, this guy's friggin' phenomenal. I bet... I I can't believe he's not a bigger star. And then, all of a sudden... And we can we can talk about dropping the ball on people's reins and everything. But... God, I love Shinsuke Nakamura. He's my favorite New Japan pro wrestler. Like, and don't get me wrong, I love a lot of the guys that are there, but Nakamura became my favorite, and I was stoked when he came to WWE. I was stoked with with everything he did until he didn't get the title and then just fell into mid-card purgatory. But it is what it is. Uh, Dan, you are a Shinsuke Nakamura guy. Yes, indeed. Uh, yeah, like I... I started getting into New Japan a couple years before you did, and I was like, this guy, man. Also, favorite moment is actually he was in ROH for a show or two, and he wrestled Steen, and he was doing the the good vibrations foot thing, and Steen just stands up, and he's like, are you okay? (laughs) That's awesome. (laughs) That's awesome. Chris, Shinsuke Nakamura. Oh, I like Nakamura. Um, uh, the realm of this work for me is, uh, I, I, 
I've seen a lot of his um, his New Japan stuff, but um, you know, it wasn't live. It wasn't when it was going on. Um, uh, I have no problems with him. I think it stinks that they didn't put the belt on him, and I think that uh, definitely hurt him, and that that's a bummer. Um, but uh, yeah, fucking in- incredible wrestler. Yeah, uh, Danny, where does Nakamura fall on your list? Um, he's kind of an interesting case for me. I would say at one point he was probably in my top ten, but I would say due to his WWE run, he has slipped. Um, yeah, it's unfortunate. I but... I discovered New Japan. Um, you know, obviously I've heard of it before, but I was scrolling Twitter one night at like three or four o'clock in the morning, and it just so happened to be the night of the G1 Climax Finals, him versus Okada. And I decided to turn it on because somebody posted a stream. And the match blew me away. Um, he's definitely top five wrestlers of the last ten years. Um, his work with Okada, uh, Abushi, Tanahashi. He's had a dozen five-star matches. But I feel like his WWE run has hurt his legacy, in my opinion. I don't disagree with that. Jeff, where does Shinsuke Nakamura fall on your list? I will admit I have not seen any of his New Japan stuff, so I can't really talk about it. When he came to NXT, I honestly, and this is my hot take, was not impressed by him at all. It took a very long time for me to come around on him. And yes, the guy totally deserves better than the way he's been booked since winning the Royal Rumble. You know, he went from being a top guy to his favorite move being a ball shot. Yeah. He could have been a huge champion for him. And yeah, he is another one they have completely dropped the ball on. Indeed. It's a shame, but I haven't given up hope there. All right. For number 12, I'm going to say the name and I want everybody to bust out their best impression. Because everybody's done this one. Yeah, let's talk about the Macho Man. Ooh, yeah. By the way, uh, based off our previous conversation, I can come back on your podcast. Yes, this is your number one. Yes. Yep. Your number one all-time favorite, I do know, is... Macho Man Randy Savage. Yes. So tell us about him, Jeff. I grew up in the era where you were either Hogan or you were Savage. I could not stand Hogan's preachy ways, so I was a huge Randy Savage fan growing up. Again, with my first time being him versus Steamboat. I look at his entire career, and he's another guy that could have a great match with just about any. Um, yeah, he had some not so great matches, but they weren't his fault. He is a ring general and capable of so many great matches. And I just, there was one of the best talkers of all time. One of my favorite things I used to say about Randy Savage is I always viewed him as a Hulk Hogan who could go. Yep. He was a Hulk Hogan with work because he had every attribute Hogan had, but he was a much better worker. And I will, I, w- I will die by that sword, that Macho Man should have been the, the guy instead of Hogan, because you would have gotten more NWA quality style main events. But again, the big man thing wasn't going to be the case, but 
I mean, he was a big guy, and he could freaking go. In fact, my favorite Ultimate Warrior, who would be on an opposite wrestling list of the one we're doing now for me, uh, one of my favorite matches that I've ever seen at a WrestleMania involved the Ultimate Warrior because of Macho Man Randy Savage. That's the power of the Macho Man. Plus the Slim Jim and the Bone Saw and everything. Chris, do you have a Macho Man impression? Uh, let me see if I can bust it out. Like, uh, my dad used to do it. Um, I know you've got a good uh, Dusty. Ooh, yeah. Whatever. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, it's just kind of, you know, Parker. Like, man. You know. Um, uh,. I am not a big as Macho Man fan as a lot of other people, but that that does not mean I do not like him. Um, actually, um, I took random uh, clips from that that Warrior Savage match, and I put it on my Facebook, and I was like, I want to get this like blown up into like a like a piece of art because I think it like uh, I like that match a lot, the retirement match. Um, yeah, I, I, Savage is good. Like, um, would he be in my top thirty? Probably not, but that's just it's my personal preference, you know. But he's he's a legend. He is, Dan. I am the Lord and Master of the Ring. Uh, Macho Lord Man. Master. Yeah. <laughs> uh. One of my first thing when I got back into wrestling and my grandmother, my father's mother, learned about it uh, that year at Christmas. She gave me all of my grandfather's old wrestling stuff. And one of the things was the WrestleMania 4 double VHS set. And I watched it. And I watched him wow. win the world title. And it's just so nice. <laughs> <laughs> the double big cassette. Yeah, yeah you, single, you opened it up and there was a pop-up of, of uh, Hulk Hogan popped up at you. Jeez. What was the, uh, what mania that just happened that was 400 years long? Uh, it was 2019, right? Probably. Before they split up. Pretty yeah. much since like, the network, they, everything's been way too long. <laughs> no, but like, okay, so, so that one, the one where uh, with Becky and Charlotte and Ronda, Well past he, midnight. Yeah, can you imagine if that was on like VHS? That would be like like. Does anybody remember like when you used, you got like the stand and it was like four fucking tapes, or like Jesus of Nazareth and it was like four fucking tapes. Yep. Titanic. How long? Like what? Titanic. Four yeah, tapes. Two. No, Titanic was two tapes. <laughs> but if you got all three Godfathers, there was six tapes. <laughs> Lord of the Rings Extended Edition had to be on separate DVDs the first time before Blu-ray came out. Which is funny because Lord of the Rings, the first one, was on one VHS tape. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember. I remember those days. <laughs> Danny? Um, I, there's not much I can add to it from what was already said. You know, his matches with Steam, his match with Steamboat, you could probably call that the perfect pro wrestling match. Um, it still holds up today, too. It does. Um, the only thing that I would add to it is 
How old was he when Vince tried to push him out the door? And you look at today's product, and you have like AJ Styles and Brock Lesnar and John Cena, all these people main eventing SummerSlam and WrestleMania. He was in his early 40s. Yeah, Bobby Lashley's 45. And, yeah, and now everyone in WWE yeah. is in their 40s. It's just, it's just strange how much has changed in 20, 30 years. I mean, Finn Balor, another guy not quite on the list, but a guy that I really like, he uh, he just turned 40. So Del Torborg is the demon you're talking about. Exactly. We talked about it. We talked about Kane. That was the demon. Oh, I'm fucking stupid. <laughs> you really want Del Torborg on my list. You're going to have to keep dreaming. No, I thought... Del Torborg would be on the opposite list. I thought uh, your list was going to be... Um... I thought you were going to have Finn Balor on. No, I do not have Finn Balor on my list. He would, if I extended the list, he'd show up. But, now nah, he, he doesn't quite make the cut. But that doesn't, nah, I take nothing away from that. Because that guy is friggin' amazing. And I really hope he gets another big run on top soon. Alright, so here's where my list differs from my original blog's top ten. The first time I wrote the blog, the top ten was the guys we're about to talk about. The only difference is number nine has moved into the top ten and bumped nine and ten down to ten and eleven. So let's start with number eleven, who is one of my favorite wrestlers to come out of ECW, and that's Raven. I was a fan of Raven from day one when I first saw him, and every old... ECW thing I went back and watched, I was like, this is the friggin' guy right here. He was my favorite character. I like Tommy Dreamer, and I love their feud, but Raven was the better character. And he's so smart. He's so cunning. He was just so much damn fun to watch. Are you guys Raven fans at all? I prefer Johnny Polo. <laughs> You would. <laughs> Obviously, Raven, like you said, great mind. I don't know that he had great matches, but he was one of the most entertaining guys. He he was a he was a big he was a good promo guy. That's for damn sure. Really good promo guy. That's, Danny, where do you say? Hey, what about me? Yeah. What? what about, yeah. What about Raven, Danny? Uh. I I think he's kind of overrated. I'm going to be honest. I Whoa! Think all, I think of all the ECW wrestlers that Raven, he did like some edgy stuff that was cool in the 90s. I don't know. His work doesn't hold up. Okay. By the way, you guys are allowed to disagree with me. Like, that's a thing. <laughs> don't feel like you have to pull your punches if you don't like somebody. But yes. Okay. Uh. Uh, Dan, let's talk to you, because it sounds like Chris might want to say something. Uh, Raven's a favorite. Actually, uh, I think it was RF video. Secrets of the Ring with Raven. I learned so much from the from that that tape. So, so much. And then uh, uh, the Raven thing. I had it, and now I don't have it anymore. Hmm. Yeah. All right, Chris, you want to say your piece? Do you have a piece to say? I guess not. I was kind of hoping he was going to start cutting a promo. Hold on, are you talking to me? Yes, I'm talking to you. 
My uh, my one earbud died, so I got to put the other one on. Ah, sorry about that. But... Uh, Raven overrated. I don't know why you would say Raven's overrated. Um, <laughs> um, nah, Raven's awesome, man. Like he's like um, you know, without Raven, you wouldn't have uh, you know, you you wouldn't have uh, the whole uh, Sandman like Tyler. Don't do that stuff, <laughs> Like uh, you have, uh, you know, uh, I don't know. I think Raven's awesome. His podcast was the only podcast that made me understand flat earthers. So, um, uh, his podcast was awful. By the way, <laughs> it was. It was. It's the only podcast that I listened to one episode and never listened to another one. Yeah, it's it, well, it's just that it's you know, dang, there's you no format. That? Yeah, like and so I know the feeling. Um, <laughs> so yeah, uh, I like Raven. I remember uncensored ninety eight the three way Benoit DDP Raven. Yeah, best match on that show. Fucking rules. We reviewed that on the Patreon channel, and the rest of that card is rough. But at least that match was. Yeah, good. but my match was good. My match was good. <laughs> okay, and also. And also, Raven buried Ricky David, and it was hilarious. Uh, okay. <laughs> I will not comment, but okay. <laughs> All right. We're going to move into top 10 territory. For number 10, I'd like to strictly talk about the wrestler, not the person, because when the person comes up, it's all negative. But I can keep this person in the top 10 because their wrestling overseeded the end of their life. I am talking about Chris Benoit. So if you can remove Ben the Ben the last weekend of Benoit's life out of the equation, uh, as I have, it, and it took me time to do that, I I can still put him in my top ten. Because again, uh, you said Kurt Angle best overall worker of all time, then I would say Benoit is number two. I'll jump in. I would put him in my top ten still. Um, I also agree. You know, it is, it is, you can't talk about him without talking about that. But for the sake of this, um, you know, his work is just so, so aggressive, so physical. He always laid his shit in. And I think you can, uh, I think you can, you can talk on this podcast and and discuss it. I mean, uh, I can't, I have that Benoit DVD. I haven't watched it since and it's, and it sucks. And, uh, you know, much like it sucks when, you know, God takes away somebody from us. Uh, Chris Benoit took away a great wrestler to me uh, by what he did. And uh, he was my favorite, but he broke my heart. So that uh, that was a bummer. I don't take anything away from people who still feel that way. And you are perfectly justified in feeling that way. Like I said, it took me some time to remove the person from the, the performer. And... The only thing I refuse to go back and watch is like the very, very end of Benoit's WWE run, just because I know what's coming. But I will still go back and watch Benoit's stuff, and he's been in some. What of my should have been coming was a match of the year candidate with CM Punk. I know. Jeez, I'm a little salty about that, <laughs> but especially because Punk didn't even win. But we did get we did get the final evolution of John Morrison, which I appreciate. Uh, who else would like to talk about Benoit who has not yet? It took me a while to be able to watch a Benoit match. But again, if you are able to separate 
there is no way you can argue he's not one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. He took everything to an intense level we had never seen before. Really him versus is. Kurt Angle, those yeah. series of matches were great. Him versus Jericho, any of those combinations, because I'm pretty sure there was a triple threat in there at some point. The double triple threat at WrestleMania 2000. Uh, that's mm-hmm. right, for the, the, the titles. So entertaining in the ring without really being, you know, goofy at all. When you think of some of the guys, he was never, you know, a silly face. He was just a badass. Indeed. Toothless aggression. Toothless aggression. aggression. That was so stupid. (laughs) All right. Well, I'm glad we got through that. That was good. So now let's talk about a guy who I feel is the modern day equivalent of Chris Benoit as far as working and laying his shit in. And the only difference is this guy exudes charisma even harder than Benoit does. And this is the guy who is now, I can no longer keep him out of my top 10 because I just love him too much. The American Dragon, Brian Danielson, who is, we all believe, we're like 99% convinced is AEW bound as we record this. He's uh, showing up this weekend or... A couple weeks later. Or a couple weeks later, yeah. But, and I remember, like, that was the guy, the first Ring of Honor show I ever went to. He was in the main event. And I remember just thinking, this guy's going to be a Hall of Famer someday. He has to be. Because he's too fucking good. And he had a rough start in the beginning because he didn't have a lot of charisma and mic skills. But he developed them. Just like Sami Zayn. he He became one of the most versatile guys that they had. So, I, I got to know where Brian Danielson fits on some of your lists here. I would say if he's not in my top five, he's just outside of it. Um, I'll go back to his Ring of Honor work. Um, his matches with Nigel McGuinness are probably my all-time oh. favorites from Ring of Honor. Yes. Uh, I think that I, I agree with that. Uh, the match That's from summer? Honor. Oh, yeah, man. <clears throat> the... Uh, uh, what, what was it called? I mean, it was the pure unification match you're talking about. Unified, yeah. Yeah, unified. Huh. Uh, Danielson, Danielson's in my top three. Uh, unapologetically. Okay. He's, he's, he's the best. Is he in your top three, Dan? I don't know about three, but definitely top ten. Uh, yeah, I got into him shortly before he got signed. And then they did the NXT thing where he was with The Miz and it was like, oh, so here's this guy that sucks, but he's worked in WWE his entire career. <laughs> Versus a guy who is a much better wrestler, but he's only worked Indies his entire career. And it kind of, they didn't play it off right, which is dumb. Because it was just, it was just because WWE. Because the story WWE. wrote itself. Yeah. Um, so if but, you've yeah. ever seen, uh, by the way, if you've ever seen the, uh, the Cabana, um, Wrestling Road Diaries, he's like the most yes. endearing figure. Oh, yeah. Isn't that when he got fired? That Wasn't it during when he was fired? It was when he was no. getting signed. So I remember when he got when he got fired and he did the shows for those few months and it was insane. He did 2CW up in Watertown and he took on Jay Freddy. Like, this was right as I was getting to know Jay Freddy and I was like, holy fuck. Uh, yeah. You know, but then uh, you know. <laughs> My favorite thing about the Road Diaries is Danielson's very first line is, I'm sick as fuck. 
because they're like, I love, I love it. And that they worked the they worked the uh, intense show where he uh, shows his ass. And so he cuts the promo about showing his ass. Oh the AIW <laughs> show, yeah, that was the first time I heard heard AIW. <laughs> Jeff, is Danielson on your list at all? He would be in the top twenty, but I wouldn't put him in my top ten. Again, you talk about him off to a rough start. Think about the night the Nexus took over. Where would his career have been if he didn't get fired from? The- it's a good I think. Uh, I mean, all those guys. Like, if if they hadn't fired, like they fired him, and then they pumped the brakes on it a little bit. Like, you know, I mean, I mean, the the, the whole Nexus was set up for Wade Barrett, you know, and. Uh, I mean, Wade Barrett's back now, but um, you know, he he could have really gotten a like. I, I think if they he wouldn't have gotten fired, then Nexus would have probably won that that SummerSlam match. Dude, like the the next week they had the opening promo on Raw. Like that's not what you do with that kind of group. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but he's he's so he, he, he's he was one of those guys that could do comedy again. The whole anger management bit with Kane is still. Mm-hmm. One of the absolute funniest moments in WWE history, the hug it out stuff. Uh, and then he could go, it, you can't like wrestling if you don't like Daniel Bryan slash Bryan Daniels. Oh, he makes you, he can make you weep. Like um, uh, during the Hall of Fame when they did the Connor, uh, they did the Connor yep. Award. Yep. That, that, that very first thing. Oh my God, I wept like a baby. And just like the I am the I am grateful speech, you know, like I mean, gimme break, like just so much emotion. Yeah, again, phenomenal. And I'm glad we're all pretty much on the same page with that. Uh let's see where let's see where Edge falls onto your your lists here. He's my number eight because I've been in I obviously we heard before, you know, fucking hated Edge because Edge Christian always won. But I, I can't say enough good things about Edge for, for what he built out of his own singles career. I'm going to jump in here just because you've talked about my number one. You've talked about my number three. We're now talking about my number two. I don't think, I have been, think he's two. Okay. <laughs> I have been an Edge fan since the days of the brood. I think that he was just the more athletic of the three of them. And we've only seen that grow. Uh, the day he retired was one of the most emotional days of my life. Watching one of my favorite guys walk away. And then thinking, I'm never going to see him in the ring again. Flash forward, you know, to last year. And even though we all knew it was coming, we marked out like we had never marked out before. And just even up until... SummerSlam when he redid the Brood entrance. Iconic. Yeah. Did you hear that they were going to have Gangrel like on AEW? Yep. And they had to cancel it, but they still paid him. They said. They, yeah. They said so. Good on them for that, because yeah, that, that would have been. Because I honestly expected Gangrel to be standing next to Edge when they did that entrance. Were they um? Like I missed it, I heard about it, but were they teasing uh, him doing some kind of brood thing? Because he, he did a bloodbath on Seth 
post. Uh, yeah, on the SmackDown before the pay per view, and then right. But the next night he introduced the music. So. Yeah. Dun, 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 dun. That rude music kicked ass. Oh, wow. Gang Grell is a registered trademark of White Wolf Entertainment. <laughs> Chris Decker's a d- d- trademark of my parents. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, um, Danny, you, you haven't mentioned oh. Edge yet. Oh. Um, Edge is a weird one. Uh, when I was a teenager, he probably would have been in my top five. Um, I don't know. I think he slipped. He's another one of those that has slipped. I think it's partially because of work rate. Not to say that Edge isn't a, a good wrestler, but I wouldn't say he's a phenomenal wrestler. Um, I would say my favorite Edge match is the uh, WrestleMania match against Undertaker at WrestleMania 24. Yeah. Um, I He's probably in my top 20, but at one point he was probably in my top five. Okay. And then, Chris, what did you want to say? Uh, my backyard wrestling name was Wedge. (laughs) (laughs) Were you you an X-Wing pilot? (laughs) No, but, um, um, like, that was, I think I feel the exact same way, like, in, like, the end of middle school, beginning of high school, Edge probably was in my top five, and he has slipped a lot, um, but um, uh, that match with um, with Taker, yeah, that was uh, that was an incredible match. That was that that was the best Edge match I think I've ever seen. Not that fucking one with Orton. The the back of all time. <laughs> the greatest wrestling match of all time. No, nope. they've had better matches than that. That was fun. That was fun. So that that's my that's what's going on on the Edge Wedge. For for me, it was just all about his. Uh, he he took a lot of negatives about being a singles guy and turned it into positives and made himself a big star. He had a great yeah. Rob Zombie theme. Yes, I like yeah, his theme now. All right, so for number seven, I don't know how much we can talk about this guy that we wouldn't have already talked about that would actually be breaking any ground. But I've always been a big Undertaker fan. He's still a top 10 guy for me. And even though his match quality slipped, for sure, uh, I still I still loved watching his appearances at WrestleMania every year. Um, I, think, I think a lot needs to be said about a guy who can play that character for that long and have that longevity in the company. But I can understand if people are really... Kayfabe. Yeah, he, he kept kayfabe alive forever. He's Until been, just recently. <laughs> he finally really started stepping out. I mean, he stepped out a little bit when he did the biker thing. But when he really stepped out, it was uh, his, with his retirement. But good for him. I mean, he's, a, he's the most respectable guy in the locker room, from what I understand. Well, he was the judge, right? All the time. He was yep. the judge. He was the judge, and people were telling stories about, like, 95. He'd only been around for four years, and he was already the judge. After the screw job, he's one of the guys that went to go find Vince. Because he wanted he wanted an explanation. I would not want also, to piss him off legitimately. He also, 
taped his fists up in case Sean tried to pull anything on Austin at WrestleMania. Yep. He was ready to go. Uh, can we break any new ground talking about Undertaker? Where is he on your list? Five. I can break some ground. Five? Okay. Yeah, he does break ground. <laughs> he does. Literally. Number five. I, okay. I, I uh, never really been an Undertaker guy. I mean, I got mad respect for him, and I recognize him as one of the best of all time, but he's just, he was never my guy. I would agree. I'd yeah, say he's same. probably in my top 20, but not not any better than that. Ooh, Undertaker probably doesn't even get 100 for me. Like, I mean, he's, like, he's the guy, I guess, you know, like, um, you know, um, I don't know. Didn't... He's the most consistent WWE wrestler of all time, probably, but I don't know if that means that I like him the most. The most consistent. I almost say... I'd say from, like, like a dependability standpoint. Well, I, he he earned that that franchise tag. You know what I mean? Like, right. absolutely. And I mean, it, yeah, well well deserved. He didn't he didn't abandon ship when a lot of other people did. Um, but um, no, I mean, just just wasn't wasn't a guy for me. There's a lot okay. of bad Undertaker matches that I don't think people talk about because they talk about the good ones. Yeah, yes. I mean, you got a point there. There's. He seemed to have his uh, his uh, ups and downs. You can comb through the streak and find a lot of them, actually. You can be like, oh, he was really good for at least two years straight, and then like three years straight, he had like no good matches. And you're like, jeez. But that's kind of the situation he was in, right? He was the big unstoppable monster, so what do you put him against? Not really any thought of his own. Yeah. Okay. All right, let's discuss number six. We're almost towards the end, guys, and I know Decker's got another. Hold on, I have, I have one more hot. I have one more hot take about the Undertaker. Okay, mm. worst merchandise there ever was. All right, there you go. Like, man, there was some bad Undertaker merchandise. You mean you wouldn't want the cardboard tombstone? <laughs> They're just as bad as the X's. <laughs> But there's a lot of there's a lot of flea market Undertaker shirts that are really bad. Okay. Well, there's a lot of flea market things that are bad of everything. It's in the flea market. Let's not call it in the flea market. <laughs> All right. We shall now move on to number six. We're getting into my all-time favorites here. These are the the guys I really like and the most. One of the more contemporary names to make the list is a guy that I first saw him wrestle in person back in 2003, and he was still relatively nobody back then. And I'm like, this guy's really good. I wonder if he's going to make it someday. And now he is the most talked about guy in all of pro wrestling today, CM Punk. So who? And there's my top five is CM Punk at number four. Okay, what you you said number three for you, Danny? Uh, yeah. Okay, Dan? my my top five is very interchangeable, I would say, but he's in there, yeah. Fair he's enough. There. Okay, Chris. Uh, maybe my top twenty. Um, Punk is so interesting <clears throat> because he's always uh, like he he he's always on the mind of people, and people are always like interested in what he has to say. So he's always gonna be. Uh, noted his matches are good, 
you know, he's got, he's got great matches. Um, but it's just weird that, um, well, it's not weird, but it's interesting how he is like almost more known for like the, the, the person, his personality amongst wrestling. And like, like I remember, um, when I, uh, the other day when I was driving home, um, for my commute, I was like, Hey, let me listen to that Joe, um, the punk Joe shoot, because like, you know, I'm just like, Oh, let me, let me listen to it again. By the way, that shoot is way problematic nowadays. Um, <laughs> Uh, like not even going to get into it, but I was just, but it, like, I, I like just wanted to hear what he had to say because he's, he's, he's a, he's a good storyteller and he's, uh, interesting. And it's going to be this run in AEW. It's going to cement his legacy. You know, it'll be, it'll be this, you know, because if he can, if he could pull off like the second half, Shawn Michaels kind of uh run that Shawn Michaels had in the later half of his life, you know, he'll be. He'll be uh, he'll he'll be he'll be remembered for more than what he is. So, uh, super super interesting figure. Okay, so sounds like punks on all of your lists. Anybody got a CM Punk? Anything you want to share? Um, Are there any haters? CM Punk was my first favorite wrestler. Um, so I got into wrestling. This is probably gonna make you all feel like old men. I think like two thousand six, like Ooh. right. Like, right when he was debuting in ECW. So I saw his Ring of Honor work later. His first work that I saw was him in WWE ECW. You're also and younger than all of us, too. I, I am. I am. Um, I'm the old man of the group. And um, I just immediately gravitated to him. Like, he had the tattoos and the long hair, and he just looked different than all the other guys they had at the time, like Cena, Triple H, Shawn Michaels. He just he stood out immediately. Yeah. And my my whole thing with Punk is just that I love how a guy that I watched on the indies and I really liked him made it and consistently would prove his critics wrong and he was a guy who amassed a lot of critics. A lot, a lot of critics. And while I don't have a John Cena on my list, uh, I have a ton of respect for him because he proves his critics wrong all the time. I respect that. I absolutely respect that. And Punk is still my guy to this day. Uh, five to go. Uh, have I have I mentioned everybody's number ones yet? I feel like. Two... Uh, yeah. Uh, no. I have like a one A and one B. I would say you touch you touch Kurt. Okay, Chris, who's your number one? Uh, Dean Malenko. Okay, he is not going to make my list. I I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fine. <laughs> that's okay. All right, so. Number five is the guy that cemented me as a modern wrestling fan. And number four is the guy that he did that with. So we'll start by talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin. I What? Yeah. <laughs> the, literally the only thing about Steve Austin I've never liked. <laughs> um, Austin, Austin is the guy that, that changed wrestling and... I don't. I don't know anybody who at least wasn't a Steve Austin fan at one point. He, he may. He's one of the few guys to bring in casuals. He, not a lot of wrestlers can say that. Uh, so it got me in because ESPN was talking about all the stuff because uh, Mike Tyson. So, so it got me in. So, 
And Steve Austin was part of that. So there you go. Yeah, I can't I can't say that much more about the hard part about the guys near the top of my list is hard to really talk about them because I like them so much. I'm not going to say anything. There's nothing to really defend, right? There's nothing revolutionary. I'm going to say one of them. You guys might be like, really? But the rest Plus, of them. Like, I got this. into him when he was like, his neck was already fucked. Now he was top babyface. So in WWE, so his offense was punch, 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 finisher. So he wasn't putting on great matches, and then. You get the old tapes of him in WCW and ECW, and you're like, this guy was a top worker. Exactly. Uh, All right, Chris, how do you feel about Steve Austin? Oh, you just broke up really badly, bud. Oh, is that better? Yes. Okay. The first time I heard him was uh, in Dangerous Alliance. And uh, he was great then. Um, you know, that was now, I think that was like his third year in the business. And he just, you know, he was he was definitely one of my, one of the cool uh, undercard guys that I liked in WCW in, in the early 90s. And, you know, he, then he went, then when he went, uh, I missed his ECW stuff because um, I didn't watch it then. Uh, when he came back as a ringmaster, I was like, why the fuck are they doing this with, with stunning Steve Austin? You know, he was, he was a Hollywood blonde. And, um, and needless to say, once he became Stone Cold, it was like, it was definitely like something totally different than what I knew him for. But it was so, it was so awesome. Like, uh, like I, I will fully admit watching, um, uh, Shawn Michaels and Steve Austin, uh, you know, at John Murchak's house. WrestleMania 14, and then when his dad dropped me back off at my my house as a 12 year old, I I walked up the driveway with both middle fingers in my hand. You know what I mean? Cause I, <laughs> number one, because I was 12. You know, and number two, because Steve Austin was awesome. So, um, yeah, I mean, there's there's no reason why Steve Austin shouldn't be in everybody's at least top 10. Well, let's see if that's the case, Dan. Oh, definitely like this. Like uh, like I said, that was. Him getting on top was when I got in. So yeah, uh, Danny, where does he fall on your list? Um, <clears throat> I don't know where I'd quantify him. I would say definitely top twenty, maybe, maybe top fifteen. I definitely respect everything he did for the for the industry. Um, and I would, I would go back to saying how great of a worker he was. You know, like he got over with the character stuff, but. His matches with Brett were so fucking good. It's my all-time favorite match, Austin and Brett. It's my favorite Mania match. As wow. uh, Jeff, is Austin on your list? He's probably number 11. Again, we got to live out all of our fantasies of anyone who's ever wanted to punch our boss. <laughs> he got to do it. Multiple times, and hell, he stunned the entire family at one point. Um, again, great work rate. Pretty good on the microphone. Some of his promos were not that great, but entertaining characters. Indeed. Some of his promos weren't that great. <laughs> I'm, talk- I'm talking about the uh, Alliance promos. Could you argue that? Well, I mean, when, when, 
when you're getting to the end of when you're getting to the end of your life, you end up shit in your pants. And I mean, I think you only have oh like God. a year or two left around that time. That's the angle you want to go with that? Okay. <laughs> Shut up, really. Austin Independence. Good lord. All right. So I mentioned Austin worked with the guy that's my number four. That is Bret Hart. I know some of you were like, well, you could say what we said about Sean or Ric Flair. He, he had a lot of the same matches. But the bottom line was I was a Bret Hart guy all through the 90s. He's always going to be near the top of my list. So I'm curious where he falls on yours. Who'd like to go first? Well, since nobody is going, I'll go. For me, he's number nine. Uh, also a hell of a nice guy because I didn't need him. Um, again, so many great technical matches uh, broke out from a tag team, which at that point we hadn't seen a lot of to go from a tag team to world champion. There weren't many people that did that before him. No one that I could think of off the top of my head. Um, but yeah, no, I love Bret Hart. Met him on my 21st birthday. I still remember that. I met him at Virgin Megastore. Nice! Remember? And some dude who was a couple people behind me came dressed as Shawn Michaels, and this was before they buried the hatchet. And I almost wanted to wait around just to see if he kicked the guy out. Nah, he probably <laughs> had a good sense of humor about it. I mean, his own son did that to him in the middle of their feuds, so... Jesus, I didn't hear that. Uh, uh, Dan, Bret Hart, yay or nay? <clears throat> yes, you, Dan. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Danny? He's on, the, he's on my list. I'd say he's in my top 20. Um, I have a Bret Hart story. Um, my, my first wrestling show was the night that Bret Hart returned to the WWE, uh, January 4th, 2010. Nice. Oh, that's so awesome. I, I got to see them bury the hatchet. That's awesome. Pretty cool. Yeah, I got a, a lot of my friends watched that episode. People who watched Bret Hart in the 90s all tuned in. We were all AOL instant messaging each other to date myself a little bit. But, but yeah, that was a that was a memorable night. Yeah, Bret Hart was my guy. So, but there's only been three other guys I would rank higher. Um, we're gonna go, and these are my three all-time favorites. My first all-time favorite wrestler was Rowdy Roddy Piper. That was my guy in the '80s. I was a Piper guy. So he is my number three because he was my first all-time favorite. After the, the nostalgia of being a Hogan kid wore off, it was all about Piper. And great promos, great matches. Those later years are rough because he was so injured and everything. And I met him three weeks before he died. Oh, oh wow. Yeah. He was, uh, he was staying at the hotel I was working at, and I got to interact with him. Nice. But, uh, yeah, Roddy Piper, man. And they live... My favorite John Carpenter movie. Still, still well, love that quote. I will uh, jump in because I was not asked about Bret Hart. Uh, I'm sorry, did my, I miss my, you on Bret? My bad. Yeah, my bad. My bad. Uh, real, real quick on Bret. Uh, Bret Hart kissed my mom uh, at Fernwood when uh, 
he's coming back. So my mom always was in love with Bret Hart. Um, and I always say that's the reason my parents divorced, which is not accurate, but, um, uh, yeah, Brett's fantastic. And, um, it's almost like, you don't want to say he got a bad, he got a bad, um, you know, run because of the Goldberg thing, because he was doing things in the eighties and stuff like that. But, uh, yeah, this, that was a, like, I would have loved to see what would have happened if he, um, would have never gotten like, uh, you know, had a stroke, um, Piper, uh, when Piper died, uh, I was so shocked and some girl came over to me and was yelling at me for, for an email that I sent out, uh, where I was like, Hey, tell your friend to not be so loud. And then I found out Piper died and then she came over and yelled at me and I was like in shock. Uh, Piper was great. Definitely in my top 10, um, watched a lot of his stuff after his prime, obviously, um, you know, uh, dog collar with him and Valentine. Yeah, man, go back and watch his NWA stuff. Yeah, so, fucking the the DVD that they put out on him. Uh, great DVD, absolutely great DVD. I highly recommend. Yeah, <clears throat> awesome. Uh, who else wants to talk about Roddy? Roddy. One of, if not the best, again, another of the greatest talkers of all time. I mean, think about it. He was one of the first wrestlers that got their own talk show for a reason. Agreed. Uh, Danny, where, where, where is he falling uh, on I don't, I don't know where he would fit on my list, but I would say that he's probably the best villain in, like, classic WWF. I don't, yeah. I don't know where I'd quantify that, but he's, he's the best villain. Definitely, bar none. <clears throat> all right well i'm glad to hear we've got all right so let's hear what you guys think about number two this is going to be a unique one because you might be surprised that he's my number two but he was my next favorite wrestler moving on past like the bretts and austins and everything and first of all does anybody have a guess who i might be talking i about? know that there's somebody that you've said before when we talked and you haven't mentioned them yet so yes <laughs> I have a couple of guesses, so yeah, I, I think I know. I, I'll say it out loud if you want me to. You can I'll, say it out I'll loud. I'll say it in my team. Rob Van Dam. Oh, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, you, you're, and you're both correct. Yeah, that's just because we know you really well. <laughs> you should, yes. Uh, the single nicest guy I ever met, as far as all the wrestlers that I've met. I met him right after Candido died, and he took the time oh. to actually have a conversation with me about it. He talks. Oh, he talks to his fans like they're, like they're his friends. He is. He is as chill and laid back in real life as you would want him to be. I'm well, sure he was high as fuck. But I was gonna say, I'm sure if you offer him some weed, he'd smoke it. <laughs> but the thing about RVD, RVD is the guy. Like he's so high on my list, but I don't. I don't have an issue if people wouldn't even quantify him because I. The I, only thing I'm high on, dude. <laughs> Because I understand why he's not, he wouldn't be everybody's cup of tea. But, again, I, I was just super drawn to him because of how freaking fun his matches were. And, yeah, I understand that he's not as good as I probably thought he was at the time. But, I, God damn, I love watching him. Dude, he was so hot those first three years he was in, he came in WWE. 
He was the most over guy in the Alliance. He was hot in 99. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I got to watch him in his prime ECW as well, but, like... Oh, my God, like, he was the fucking guy. Like, and like, and that's... They're, 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 it seemed like they were trying to build the, the show around him, and then he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. Did a basement slide, and one of his legs didn't slide. Yeah, fucking A. Freak out. Which is, like, right after it happened to Liger, like, the week before. Same exact thing. Holy crap! I mean, it's not—it's not the Sid leg break, but it's—that's got to be bad. Still sucky. Still sucky. Yeah, Danny. Um, I would say he's in my top thirty. Probably okay. not nearly as high up as as you have him. Um, I'd I'd say that the reason that so many people like him is. Kind of similar to CM Punk, that he kind of just doesn't give a fuck and he does things his way. And I, I think that with with him being four twenty friendly and all that, like right out of the Attitude Era, I know a lot of people that weren't really wrestling fans, but they gravitated to him because of like the four twenty stuff. He's the guy who did his own thing, yeah. Like you said, Jeff. I will always remember the video of him doing the two chair uh, leg split, and I'm just like, that has to hurt. He was one of the most flexible guys that has had ever been around. Uh, great matches, great on the mic. I can't argue. He's not. He'd be in my top twenty, but I can't argue him being that high on your. Yeah, like I said, it's, it just everything about him was just so much fun. So much fun to watch. All right, let's let's cap this off with my number one. Uh, all of you know who it is because I've said it so many times. But for those of you who haven't followed me for a long time, my all-time favorite wrestler, above and beyond, is and still is to this day. Even though I, I think he's starting to slack a little bit, um, but um, it will and always will be Chris Jericho. Not just because we share the same name. But Jericho, to me, was the best example of a guy who could literally do anything you asked of him in the wrestling business and do it well and do it right. He was he could be a funny good guy, a funny bad guy, a serious good guy, a serious bad guy. He could have great matches. He could have comedy matches. He could do hardcore. He can high fly. He can do technical stuff. He can brawl. He could tag team. He can tag team. Absolutely. He could He's one of the guys that could go out there and not say a word and still have the crowd eating out of his hands. And he did. And that was one of his comebacks. That. that was one of his comebacks. And uh, I got to inter- I got to interview him the night of the first GSW show. I think I think Chris might remember that. Uh, I I was like, it's not that you were late. It was that uh, like it was a, it was a lot of people's first wrestling shows <laughs> like that day. Yeah. And it's like, fucking O'Malley, where is he? Where are they? <laughs> I, I still made it. Now, the best the best was uh, when Bobby G was giving me shades, like, I still made it to the building before the promoter. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Bobby G. Yeah, Jericho, super cool guy. And I interviewed him right when he made his first big comeback where he did the, uh, the Save Us Y2J thing. He had the short hair and everything. And he's just a nice, personable guy, and he's he's the guy that I vicariously lived through because he's he he had multiple dreams, and he's doing all of them. He's a rock star, 
He's a wrestler, and he's a writer. Also appeared in at least two movies. Yep, and a podcaster, and that's that's the dream, right? Is I want to I want to to get to get to that point where you can just do what you want to do because you can. Also met him at Virgin Megastore. Yes. <laughs> so let's let's talk a little Chris Jericho. I will start with Jeff. Again, what what can you really say? He is one of the greatest entertainers of all time. Like you said, he could do every single kind of match that we needed him to do and be completely believable in it. And again, one of the best talkers of all time, one of the best wrestlers of all time. There's nothing else to say about Jericho. Danny. Um, he's, he's kind of a weird one for me. Um, I would say at one point he probably was my favorite. He slipped down. Then he did like the New Japan run, and now AEW. He's back up more. Um, I'd say he's he's probably like my number six. Um, that what more can you say? You know, he's been consistent for was it thirty years of Jericho? Yeah, nineteen ninety. Uh, yeah, thirty years of Jericho. Um, you know, he he was white hot when he came in WWE. Um, <clears throat> He's done everything. He was main event, uh, tag champion, went to New Japan, helped put AEW over. I mean, what else can you say? Exactly. Chris? Uh, He was like the third best guy on WCW Revenge. (laughs) I love that that's the analogy you went with. Who were the best two? two? Uh, Aki Man. Mm Mm-hmm. And um, Frank Burkowski. No. <laughs> uh, Go- and Goldberg. Uh, but yeah, Jericho rules. I like Jericho. And Dan? Uh, I, uh, I might go to is this uh, ECW match where he, I think he was the TV champion. And he fought Shane Douglas, Too Close Scorpio, and Pitbull number Durante? I think it was. And it was the show where Francine turned on them and joined Shane Douglas. All right. Great stuff. So he's guys... way up there. He's been around so long. He's, he is the, he's the GOAT. Yeah. Oh, I don't know about that. That's, that's saying a lot. Saying a lot. Calling it is goat. saying a lot. And guess what? He's been a top wrestler for 30, for 30 years. Yeah, he's... Anybody else? He reinvents himself so well too. Whew. All right. Well, that was a that was a hell of a list. Okay, so we, uh, Danny, you'll have to reveal who your number one is because we didn't mention it. Well, I don't know. You know, my top five is so so fluid. I would say, like, Angle would be my one A. I would say my one B and my one C would be uh, Kenny Omega and Okada. I feel that their work rate has exceeded just about everybody on the list and it's I think that they've done enough now to where they can be in that conversation do you imagine being one of the guys to have the like it it really depends on how serious you take the Meltzer star rating but to just be they're in like his top two matches of all time are Omega Okada matches I mean highest rated highest rated yeah I mean Damn, like to just have that 
have that honor. Like, take take your opinion of Meltzer out of the equation. He's one of the he's the top wrestling journalist, and that's that's his pick. So okay, well yeah, but but Kurt was we did talk about Kurt. So yeah. other than poor Dean Malenko, I did talk about all your ones. It's a certain degree. Malenko is he was just always my guy. Like uh, that is fair. I, uh, yeah, there's 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 really no. Uh, oh, no bones about it. Okay. So what do you guys think? It was a hell of a list, but I, I, st- I stand by it. And so r- really quickly, um, other than Malenko, Omega, Okada, uh, I'm just going to quickly go around the, the table real quick. Is there anybody we didn't talk about tonight that you guys would put into the conversation on your list? You don't have to quantify them, but uh, just take a second and think about it real quick. And who are some other guys who would be pretty close on top of your list? Dan, we've had this conversation before, so. Mm. Or did we cover most of them? We covered most of it. I mean, at this point, I probably have more Japanese guys in my list. Okay. But. Uh, Danny, how about you? I would have Cena in my top ten. Okay. That's fair. I, I Cena would show up on if I if I if I broke out to like fifty, I think I'd have to put Cena on there because I, I was a big Cena guy. It wouldn't find he's just done so much for WWE and all of his work holds up. And I like if you if you quantify the top guys, Cena had the highest time on top at a high rate for like the longest. Mm-hmm. Uh, he Jeff, was longer. Oh, sorry. Sorry. No, 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 I was no. just going to say, he was on top longer than Hogan. He was on top longer than Austin and Rock. That's true, Well, yeah. I just think Austin was on top for like two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, Jeff, how about you? The only, because I came up with my top ten, the only name that you did not mention, and I understand why, I would have put Dean Ambrose on my top ten. Okay. Interesting. I do, I do, like, I do like Dean Ambrose, John Moxley, but... I don't know where he would rank for me because my thing with him is he doesn't always have matches I want to see. But then again, some of the guys I talked about don't always have those matches either. So I'd have to really think about that. Yeah, guys like him and Rollins and a lot, some of these modern guys that I, I really am into a lot. I'd have to really think about that. Uh, Chris, that leaves me with you because you've always had an unconventional, an unconventional list when it comes to really anything of this nature. So, who else is on there for you? Uh, there's a few. Uh, Dusty, um, Sting, Vader. Um, for me, the ECW guy was always Tommy Dreamer. Yeah. Um, These are all great talents, by the way. Like None of you yeah, are. Yeah, 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 yeah. Sting, Sting definitely on I my think, list. Yeah, I think Sting would make my top 15. Yeah, okay. I was a Sting guy more than I was a, a Hogan guy. Um, and Vader was his, you know, one of his biggest rivals in the early 90s. So yeah. I mean, that... Boom, right there. Uh, Dusty being a legend. I know you're a big Dusty um, guy. Yeah. Um, if you will. Well-established, well I'm a big Dusty Rose fan. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Tommy Dreamer, like I said, that's my guy. Uh, anything else? Um, um, no, because my, my top three is, you know, Malenko, um, Joe, Danielson. That's my top three. Um you put Flair honorable mentions. Flair's in my my top five. Um, yeah, 
So I think that's it. Other than like random guys that I'm like, you know what? The Barry Windham is awesome. You know what I mean? But <laughs> like, like cause I'm Barry Windham was like one of the first guys I ever saw wrestle. So um, it's not that random, you know. No, not that random. He's a horseman, you know. Ar- Arn Anderson, you think about, and um, you know, Mongo. Um, who else? That's about it. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. Well, thank you guys not for a... this. Oh, sorry. I was going to say, the Mongo thing was a joke that nobody laughed at. And I, was like, Whoa. And no, I chuckled. I did chuckle at that. <laughs> I was, was going to say, like, that show died. <laughs> I was, I was also going to throw out, well, then we should mention Paul Roma, too. I was trying not to shit on it if you actually liked him, but okay. Well, Mongo's, like, almost dead. Like, he's got, like, a disease, like a cancer or something. Yeah, he's, like, very rough shape. Yeah. yeah so and he was, I mean, he was on, like, the 85 Bears, and I was born in 85, which doesn't mean anything. Man, I think he's a missed opportunity, because I think if they would have let him actually develop, he would have actually been pretty good. Because he showed some some signs of brilliance. They threw him into the Four Horsemen way too soon. Yeah, they just immediately put him in the Four Horsemen, so he had to be on every show. He wasn't ready for that. Nope. Well, we have some pretty pretty diverse lists here. And, yeah, I think think we can all agree that we, we all talked about a hell of a lot of talent tonight. So I'd like to thank you guys for being part of the roundtable discussion. And the next time I cultivate one of these wrestling lists it'll be a hell of a lot shorter it'll be a much shorter episode we're almost hitting god this is almost a three-hour raw right here but uh but thank you guys for sticking with me and the next time i bring you a wrestling themed chris ranks the universe these might be my guys so look forward to that discussion uh so before we close i just have one request chris can you please do your dusty roads impression uh, yeah, baby. My, my Dusty is not as good as it used to be. It used to be a lot, though, when I was a younger man. But now, when you I'm an older me. man. <laughs> all I need is a kiss and a hug, baby. And I know we're going to take on fucking Ron Fuller. I have a much oh, no. better I have a much better video of you doing a Dusty impression on YouTube. Yeah. I'll just share that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> I was put on the spot. All right, you tried. Well, I hope everybody enjoyed this episode. In the comments, let me know who some of your all-time favorite wrestlers are. Did I mention one of yours? Uh, did I did I rank them too high? Did I rank them too low? Give me your thoughts and let me know, gentlemen. I thank you all for your time. Thank you. Thank the you. poem. It can be if you if you want to you want to you did you had like a rhyme scheme and everything there. I'm gonna Lanny Poffo this bitch on the way out the door. This time John hadn't like it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so let me know if what other wrestling themed lists you guys want me to do, and any other top ten, top twenty, top thirty lists like this that you guys want me to do. I'll obviously touch on all the big ones: movies, TV shows, video games, bands, all that stuff, and. I'll have a panel of experts on for that. But anything you guys want me to tackle next in this type of Chris Ranks the Universe, just drop it in the comments and we'll make it happen. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. And I bid you all farewell. Farewell.